Hi and welcome to PPUK. Uh, I'm excited for this one. This week we're doing the gold experience and we've got a full house today. Uh, we've got in with us, we've got Paddy. Hey. We've got Andy. Hello. We've got Lee. Yay, we're doing gold. Yay. Yeah, and we've got Leah. Woo! Hi. <laughs> uh, press gold to begin. And who's and who's our delightful host? Oh, it's me. <laughs> I'm Chopin. Hey, Chopin. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> I'm don't... so excited about this album. I even forgot to introduce myself. Yeah, don't give yourself. Don't forget to give yourself a name check. Exactly. To be fair, at this point in Prince's career, he didn't have a name to give himself either. Really, this is true. Smoothly, smooth. Yeah. Okay, so like we said before, this is the gold experience, and. Uh, gonna go around and i'm gonna start with so for first impressions of the album i'm gonna start with andy okay uh what was this year 94 95 ish was it 95 is when it finally came out but it was kind of being promoted from 94 yeah i can't remember where i got it or like where, where i bought it or whatever i can remember at this stage i was uh buying Prince releases with less and less hope that he'd be more like the Prince I liked. And I, I was buying them loyally, but possibly overlooking them a bit. I don't have many uh, memories of gold, except I thought, oh, this is this is good stuff, not great stuff. And I didn't spin it enough to fall in love with it at the time. Uh, and I, I have all my I, oh I'd, my one recollection of the era, which is really germane, is going to see him in Wembley at this time. Yes, and, me too. And it was a really, really awkward concert, as anyone who went on that tour knows, because he refused to play almost any song from any other era other than the Gold Experience. And of course, you understand what he was trying to do as an artist, but he was not paying dues to the general public who wanted to see him who have no idea this is going to happen and it was the it was the tensest least pleasant prince concert i've ever been to in my life because people were booing and people were unhappy and people were walking out so i found that like very uncomfortable but interesting as a diehard prince fan and correct me if i'm wrong andy um on the tv screens because this was my very, very first concert ever, I believe. My very first Prince concert, definitely. And on the TV screens, it came up with the album. And it was like the Gold Experience release date, never. And it was coming up on the screens. Uh. And people and people were booing. Because it was like, oh, it was like, yeah, new album. And then it was like, release date, never. And uh, people started booing that. I, I'd forgotten that. I just remember that as, it, as the concert progressed, this is a negative way to start, sorry, everyone, but as the concert progressed and it became clearer and clearer that he wasn't going to basically kowtow to anything crowd-pleasing, it made a lot of people very, very unhappy and I could respect their point of view. Okay, so Paddy, what do you remember of this era? Well, I, my story is very, very similar to Andy's. Probably unsurprising for anybody who knows Andy's <laughs> we, and my views. We may as well just merge our characters into one at this point. Just... Well, yeah, no, it's yeah, very, very similar to you. I, I remember it coming out. Um, I'd been a Prince fan since '88. I was very much an '80s guy. Um, I, I, I re- 
perhaps unsurprisingly, I really liked Endorphin Machine. Um, I remember he'd played it a couple of times at the end of Act 2 on a couple of the concerts I'd gone to see on that tour. And obviously, I guess prior to this, he'd essentially done a Greatest Hits tour and he'd played Sign of the Times for the first time since like 87 Live and all that kind of thing, with the one exception of Pittsburgh. I think it was on Lost 62, but that's just me being anal about bootlegs. It didn't immediately grab me. I guess very similarly, yet again, I, I, I had my best seats ever for a Prince gig at a gold tour gig at Sheffield Arena. I was second row, bang in the middle, and I came away disappointed because similarly I couldn't, I was finding it difficult that I wasn't listening to anything I really wanted to listen to. Uh, and it's a, a massive, massive, massive disappointment because if I could go back and watch that show now, I would, <laughs> I would, I would, I would really break somebody in half to get there. Um, but you it, even talking about not enjoying that show makes me want to break you in half. I know, I, I yeah, can appreciate like... it completely. It's, I really can. Uh, and, and even to, to make you mad, in retrospect, what I can remember, it was absolutely stunning. Uh, simplistic, visceral, kind of low-key in a big environment and all that kind of thing. But yeah, I, I was the same. I, um, I was disappointed at the time. The album itself over the years, grew on me significantly. Um, it certainly is. Diamonds and Pearls might edge it for a 90s album for me, but I think there is something a bit more special, unique, princely, not as um, commercial as Diamonds and Pearls is, which is part of what I like about Prince, therefore very much a big part of what I like about the album as well. Um, so, yeah, basically I'm a bit of a rubbish 80s guy like Andy, except he's not rubbish. <laughs> okay so Leah I, I think you might like this one so I'm slightly biased because this is my favourite Prince album of all time yes <laughs> I didn't know that you didn't know that <laughs> um, I love the fact that she's holding by the way for those that obviously, for, obviously we're hearing this podcast we're actually recording this on video she has actually has a cat on her lap it's my puzzle control. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this is my favourite Prince album of all time. I can't give you first impressions because I don't remember the first time I heard the album. I feel like I heard this album in drips and drabs through various bootlegs. I don't think I actually heard the album as an official released version until... I don't know, I was probably already attending Prince parties and events by the time I kind of heard that album in its released form. Do you know the weirdest thing is that's actually how a lot of Prince fans at the time heard it. It was one of those albums that actually it was drip fed to you and it's one of the few albums where the, you know, usually you get the album and that starts the era gold is flipped around where you start the gold experience anticipating it and but it lasts like so long that by the time the album comes out that's it the gold era is done when it's released so it's it's kind of a similar experience to those that were there around the time well that's reassuring um i was dreading you coming to me what's your memories when this came out um not even being in the womb yet um <laughs> i was about to say how old were you <laughs> I was minus something. I'm a 97 baby. So, minus um, two, Jesus. <laughs> um, but I absolutely adore this album. Um, 
I'm trying to think if there were any songs that I maybe didn't know by the time I heard the album. And I think maybe the only tracks I didn't know were March and maybe Shy. Um, the rest I'd heard in bootlegs in various forms. Um, but yeah, my favourite Prince period album. I think it's an absolute masterpiece. And Lee? Oh, come on. <laughs> One of us on this podcast was having mascara and writing the word slave on his cheek. I'm not saying who that is. Um, Guilty. Oh, it was, it was, it was my, um, you know, uh, as everyone knows, it was a symbol album and Diamonds and Pearls that made me become a Prince fan. But the, you know, Come and the Gold Experience, I was, I fully dived into the swimming pool and I was full on. Prince fan and it was my first concert I you know I was blown away I know everyone you know I'd, I'd seen the beautiful experience so I knew some of the songs um I remember getting and correct me if I'm wrong show that there was a sample tape from yeah. the concert MPG sampler sampler and uh it had like get wild on there uh and it was like where do you know and you, you become a drug addict of where do I get these tracks from and it what you know like Chopin said you were hunting down these tracks and trying to find ways to to get them. And I remember recording uh, the beautiful experience, the the audio from the v, the VHS tape that I'd recorded from VH1 or whatever, and trying to create my own compilation. And then trying to you, you were ticking off the songs. It's like oh, you know, because obviously we'll talk about it later about the different combinations of gold and cum. Um, but you were trying to make your own gold experience album um but I, re- I remember getting the program i loved all the artwork and you know to him with the black hat you know uh i, I was uh driving my escort around south end with pussy control blaring out of the car um proper essex boy and people were like what's this song and i'm like it's pussy control and uh, mm-hmm. i was full i was fully into the whole gold experience and like you know people would phone me up and I'm like, hello, this is, you know, pretending I'm the MPG operator and uh, oh, wow. do, doing whatever I could to, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, I, I remember making like mixed tapes and designing the artwork. And yes. There's a whole, I'll probably dig it out and put, put the, the image up somewhere, but I was fully, you know, my first Prince concert, I was, I was hooked. And when the album came out, I remember running down to, HMV and like, oh yeah, it's got it's got this on it. It's got endorphin machine on it. It's got this, you know, absolutely. And I think it was like at the time of when you had the interactive CD and you had you had the endorphin machine video. If you'd done the puzzle and stuff like that, yeah. I was. And the thing is, you know, and I've mentioned this before on other podcast episodes about how you know the use of technology in the music videos and the combination of all the albums during the nineties, how it influenced me. And the career that I I'm in at the moment with, you know, computer games and and computers and it it, 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 it influenced me a hell of a lot and I absolutely love love the album that you know ninety five ninety six ninety seven is my my golden era of Prince. What, is this in your top five albums? Oh yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. What what, what number? Oh, uh, two, two or three, I think. Uh, yeah, I'd probably say. Three, I'd go Diamonds and Pearls, a symbol album, then come. Uh, sorry, Di- Diamonds and Pearls, symbol album, gold experience, then come. Sorry. Got it. 
Sorry, was that a bit too over enthusiastic? I do apologize. No, everything we want. I I was so happy. I was bouncing. But I think you know, me and me and you, Chopin, our friendship's yeah. built on you know our love for for these albums. And um, yeah, yeah, we're not going to ask Chopin what he thinks of it because we all know he's just indif- <laughs> indifferent to this one. So let's move on to what we do. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we have time for. Let me have the mic. Let me have the mic. People want me on the uh, mic. Chopin, get on the mic. <laughs> you want me on the mic. Um, um, this is a weird one because some of this stuff is you guys are reminding me of, and it's this is taking me back. So it was like a treasure hunt because there was all these coded messages in the beautiful experience and the and the interactive game. And then you had like, when Get Wild single came out, they had Free the Gold experience on it. And and it was just this whole thing. And I remember it was about the time I found uh, um, five pound bootleg cassettes from Greenwich Market and Camden Market, because the shop was obviously opening as well. Uh, So we had the MPG store in London and I was going to that like every couple of weekends. I, I barely had enough money to get up there and kind of, get a coke and maybe a postcard or something like that but i was spending my time around that so there was all of the kind of cryptic stuff and you you were hearing stuff there you were hearing bootlegs i remember there was an early compilation of the album made of like live performances from tv shows like it had dolphin from the letterman show days of wild from and now from the beautiful experience shy from a, a canal plus rehearsal I Hate You recorded from the PA and it was like this really incomplete like various sources version of the gold experience but it's all we had of the album at the time so it was just like kind of not to put, put, push a point but golden uh, this golden little kind of mix hodgepodge of versions and trying to make what the album's gonna sound like uh, it was fantastic time I remember before the album came out, I got two pairs of like just like Primark kind of black jogging bottoms, you know, like off off a market stall, uh, some gold fabric paint, and wrote uh, Endorphin Machine down the leg of one pair and Pussy Control down the leg of another pair. Uh, like it, you know, I was like kind of drawing symbols on absolutely everything, like kind of like a teenage Beatles fans and the Ringo verse, you know, you know. Chopin for Ringo or Chopin for uh, McCartney or whatever. Instead of that, it was just like I was drawing symbols on everything. I was drawing that silhouette of the of interactive with the big top hat. I was just, I was, Amazing. it was just like a, a treasure trove. And every now and every now and again, you'd find this new piece of music. And when I first heard Interactive from that CD-ROM, because Interactive was on the CD, I mean, I was blown blown away and when we think about the fact that, that that song didn't even make it on the album that was a first listen of the gold experience and the, and it was around for so long that the song didn't even make it on the album and it was just like this was a true this is the closest i think to kind of being in that parade to sign of the times era where like album things were changing every minute it, was it dream factory is camille coming out or the, the difference being that you were kind of live, sort of live streamed to his whims because because he was putting out the songs and clues because he had all of these independent uh, 
things come out. Remember, there was even thinking that maybe Love Sign was going to be it because radios were playing Love Sign and it was going to be the next big hit. But then, you know, it never wasn't allowed to come out. And it, which kind of strengthened the case is like, so he's got songs like Love Sign that people that's playing on Kiss FM that my friends are asking me, what's this Love Sign song? You know, I love this new Prince song, Pop, 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 Got a Pistol. You know, and the most beautiful girls just gone to number one. So it was hmm. kind of like this, you know, this Prince album's about to blow up. And then it's just kind of like, by the time it comes out, there's only a few Prince fans left kind of chasing this album. And it's, it's, it's very, it was a very strange experience to find, to kind of close off an era with the album coming out. And, and I remember when that album came out, I was sat, I kind of, I was doing a drama A-level and I kind of missed the class and I just stood outside at our price waiting for it to open, grabbed that, grabbed that copy. Um, I, I think I used my student grant money uh, to buy Story it. Like, ran back, <laughs> exactly. Ran back down Elton High Street to my house and put that thing on full blast. And I was just like, wait a minute, Days of Wild isn't on this. Yeah, well, this is it. You were trying to... It was yeah. like playing Prince Bingo. You're trying to tick off the songs and find which album it was on. Two and memories then, you've just brought up for me, Chopin. Sorry to And then endorphin, endorphin Machine sounds completely different. And, like, it's, like... I don't know if anybody's seen the Sunday show where he's talking with the maskers, Tora Tora, and he's he's not talking. But he shows a copy of The Gold Experience, and, this, and it's this gold foil cover. And it's like, you get it, and it's like... It's not gold foil. This song's not on it. This song's different from the one that uh, you've been listening to. Uh, some some of it sounds better. Some of it is kind of different. But it, altogether, I think it was just like it was an emotional roller coaster. Well, no, it wasn't a roller coaster. It was all of itself almost. You kind of get yeah, that look, yeah. and the cover looks different to what you expected, and not everything's quite on there. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. I'm sure it's, you'll remember this, Chopin. The box, the box, uh, music box video talk, chat. Box, box talk seven seven seven. Yeah, and it, you, thank you. I was like, and I'm sure the number was seven seven seven, and it was for Dolphin, wasn't it? Yeah. So basically, so, the the box was like MTV, but you could pick yeah. the music video if you dialed in and then dialed three digit number, and yeah. then your video would then get played on the channel. And Dolphin was on there, and I was constant. My phone bill was huge. Because I was constantly phoning. Was that you that was ordering that? Because I wasn't able to order it. Thanks to you, I got. Oh yes, because thanks, thanks to you, I got to tape it on. Like I got a VHS of it. And you just remember, and obviously when you when you dial up and you see the, so it has like a little typo thing, and it see, and then you type in seven seven, you see seven 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 come up on the screen. And then about three or four minutes later, your music video would then play. So yeah, and I kept my phone bill was huge. I got murdered. Because and then you had, like, yeah. What what are you phone? Thinking my parents thinking I'm phoning some kind of dodgy sex line, and I'm not. I'm phoning up a music channel, <laughs> ordering a Prince music video. And they had the clip video for "Let It Go," which was just the video uh, made out of bits of th- three chains of gold. Yeah, and then the other one was, um, uh, like you said, uh, "Love Sign." I think was on there as well. Yeah. Oh, cool. and this is the other thing. Halfway through this whole thing, where everybody's focused on, like, all the Prince fans are kind of, or at least the ones you know, like I was, you know, all of the newbies were focused on all oh, this gold experiences, gold experiences coming out. Then all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, 
um, this VHS of the three, uh, three Chains of Gold from like the Symbol album comes out as well. And then you got The Undertaker and then you got A Sacrifice of Victor. So it's like there's so much like. So you're trying to establish is, a timeline, aren't you? Like, to, what like, does this? Yeah, exactly. Is 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 the Undertaker? What this is going to sound like is as the Undertaker and you know do- dolphins on the Undertaker, and it's like so that's what dolphins going to sound like. So uh, in this has been a slightly extended kind of uh, first uh, listen, but weirdly enough, the what did you think before the album comes out? Pretty much encapsulates the whole era because by the time it comes out you know the only thing that comes out i think after the album comes out is gold the single but that might have yeah, come you got, out uh, i hate you uh, that gold. came out before yeah because that had the hate experience and it was like oh there's the beautiful experience and the hate experience and the interactive experience and the gold experience it's like uh and the now experience yeah like it was uh bliss and then later on probably not around the time but i remember and I don't know if Chauvin wants to confess this because I'm sure you used it as well. There was an underground uh, peer-to-peer bit of software called the Royal Hub, and you could... um, that was later on for me. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that I... was later on, and I, I was there. I was doing that. The Royal yeah, Hub, yeah. and then you had to, you had to share like so many gigs of Prince material. Yeah, and it was literally it was literally bootleg central, and it was like similar to um, Napster. And it was like the Prince version of Napster, and it's called the Royal Hub. And I'm yeah. hoping some of the listeners remember this. Invite only, policed, really good. Yeah, in, in, invite only. It was like the secret Prince underground. Sorry, Leah, well. this was all gone by the time you were. Yeah, like... and and it was the amount of stuff, and it was like similar to what you said earlier, Chopin. It was a it, you know it was a treasure hunt, and you're hunting for all these different versions of Come or the Gold Experience. And I just remember just having folders and folders of stuff just and meanwhile when all of this is coming out exodus comes out just out of nowhere you know yeah. like like just out of nowhere and you know like come come as kind of like comes out at the late end of 94 but then uh, like but then uh, so there's going to be a tour and it's got a golden experience tour for an album that's not coming out but instead of the album that's not allowed to come out exodus comes out and it's just like but this is amazing, and it just sounds like nothing. Like, how can this guy who I've been chasing all of this music that has so much music that's not even made it onto an album yet have this other album that's fantastic, another one of my top three, that doesn't even sound or isn't even anything to do with this whole gold experience thing? It would just blew me away. I was blown away. But again, with the Exodus still playing Prince Bingo, but like, oh yeah, it's got you know, days uh, get wild and everything. You're like, okay, so it's so you've basically got three, three or four albums that you're creating your perfect playlist from. I'm sure. I just at this point have to say an apology to Andy and Paddy because they're basically just going to have to <laughs> let us run out of steam. Yeah. <laughs> they're just sitting there like kind of parents, just going, "Yeah, uh, well, you know no, what experience, it, eh?" No, no it's very <laughs> interesting to me, right? Because like I was doing this. Eight years before, I was like as enthusiastic about this sort of stuff, and like somebody mentioned the MPG sampler tape at the concert, and I seem to remember, I don't think it had sold out when I was in Wembley, but I didn't even buy it because no, I was. I think, I think it was, it was, was given, given to you. Oh, it, it was given, given to me. Oh, then then why don't I have it? Maybe it, they'd run out of them. Or I've got, I'm sure I've got mine somewhere. But I remember you were given so, it and you binned it. That's a different level. That's 
no, no, I, do, I would never pin no. any of this stuff. But no, no I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't remember. But but anyway, my bigger point is that yeah, I it is like I think Chopin, you said it's like um, the endless configurations of sign of the times and Dream Factory and Camille. It's mm. it is similar to that, and but it's just like by this point in Prince's career, I was and my career as a Prince fan, I wasn't uh, I wasn't so interested in in putting my nose to the ground and following every bump of the landscape. I was just letting I would just let it rain on me when it did, and I just didn't follow it in like forensic detail. I'd I'd lost my will to do that by this point. So it's very interesting to, you know, it's in it, it's. It, exciting for me to hear that you guys were still doing that at this point yeah. so back to the mpg sampler tape so obviously this was my first concert ever released torah torah experience yeah so and i remember we went up so it was me and two of my other friends and they weren't really prince fans but they they came along with me i remember we got the sample tape and then we was on a coach so the coach would pick us up and drop us off and when the concert finished, we was like, oh, can we play the tapes? So the tape was playing on the coach. And it was all the songs. So you think, oh, yeah, we're going to get the full version of the song. And it wasn't. It was literally just, you know, 30-second samples or whatever of just each song. And you're like, ah, oh, it was just... But we were all like, you know, some of the tracks on there and getting all excited. And I remember that as well. But uh, And yeah. some of those songs never came out. Yeah. The, 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 Mad, the Madhouse ones, the Madhouse 24 ones never came out. I I do like that everything was so sort of the the workings were shown at this point, like you know Prince didn't know what his plans were probably half the time during this period. You know, looking back on it now, the wealth of stuff that came out. This throw this to this album, throw this to this album, make this a nineteen track remix epic uh, maxi single. Uh, put this on Crystal Ball a few years later. He he, it was like. I, I know you like this era for this reason as well, Chopin and probably Lee, how messy it was and how, uh, uh, whereas to me, it's still, it feels like kind of a dirty downer <laughs> or like it, 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 it all happens in, it all happens in kind of flickery darkness and it, it feels like the hang of a hangover of, uh, I, I don't know. I, it's, I, 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 I get it. It's got a kind of sordid, dirt about it and the confusion about it that I, I can respect I like it the thing the thing that really permeated all, all this time and I can see you know it was quite exciting I mean irrespective of how I might felt a bit when it all landed in a in a consumable form by the record company and so so forth you know I'd been listening to some of these tracks played at as I say at the end of the, some of the act two concerts and really liked them and all this kind of thing but the thing about it to me was that came across that was palpable was this how angry he was and how pissed he was and this kind of intransigent end. And I think I, yeah. I struggled to make a, a mental movement to not, not like agree with him or fall in line. I was a Prince disciple from, from pretty much the first time I heard him, but, but like, I don't know. That was one of the things that made it uncomfortable for me. Yeah. Yeah. It felt, it felt like an ugly thing. I think a little bit. Sort to, of. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I didn't like about that show was it was just like there were fans there who'd just gone to see Purple Rain and Little Red Corvette and Kiss. Yeah. And it felt like they have they're not you know, you shouldn't be beefing with those guys, Prince. <laughs> well, the, the bottom line was he'd sold tickets 
on yeah. the back of that material, yeah. not this material. But, now, again, it's it feels weird for me to say it now because, in fact, what I, say, I do I, absolutely I love this album and it's one of the best from the nineties and so on and so forth. But it's that it's that journey through time, unfortunately. And he was always he was it, always several car lanes ahead. I mean, and obviously. The important point is he was at war with his record company at the same time, and yeah, yep. he was the just it, it was the you know middle finger to his record label of like I'm not doing the hits, I'm doing all the material, and I'm gonna tell everyone I can't. Oh yeah, let me release the album. It was a protest. I, I, I did I I know, but I think it was I think it affected the wrong people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I, it. Yeah, I kind of it's interesting because you say about this anger, but I was looking for a kind of positive anger at the time. I don't know that sounds kind of a lot, but and that's what it was to me was a completely positive anger. It wasn't this kind of nihilistic, isn't the world terrible? It's kind of like it. It was you know it was it was angry, but from still trying to kind of have like this positive, you know, all that glitters ain't gold, you know, like. So for me, it was at that time in my life, it was like it fits so perfectly into what I wanted uh, from music, uh, interactive, you know, like, uh, you know, like pressure valve, like just kind of of energy and stuff. To me, it, it timed it perfectly. I never went to the show. I only listened to it on like one an audience bootleg the the week after. I remember going up there the week after the first show, and like, uh, I still didn't attach the fact that I could ever go to these shows, or I thought they were always all sold out and months ahead. I didn't realize these shows I could have possibly, if I'd borrowed enough money from my brother, gone to. I realized how lucky I was to to go to that concert and. I remember Marte being dressed up as an angel and flying around. Uh, Morris Hayes dressed as the devil flying around, and I think she was sprinkling glitter. And I remember, uh, I remember the videos that were playing on the screen, and you were trying to work out what they were. And I correct me if I'm wrong, Chopin, but I think one of them was uh, the same December, empty room. Family. Yeah, and there was something. There was something else. There's a clip of Pussy Control, uh, same December, Xanali, uh, Empty yeah, Room, it. and Eighteen and Over. That was it. Yeah, and it was like everyone were trying to, you know, everyone's trying to piece it all together, and it's like, you know, and the other thing was, it was like, oh, is this a smart marketing campaign saying this album isn't coming out, and not, it is, and it's more of a, you know, was this okay. whole fight with the record label was it some kind of flip marketing of promoting an album and you know well that was it, the it, other that was the other confusing thing because in the middle of all of this when that when the tour hit london then you get the purple medley singles like i'm never going to yeah. release any of my hits again and, and then i'm all pretty sure that's this... how the that's how the that's how the concert started it was that it was, that was yeah played. it was the, but yeah. they never released the video as a fan it was impossible in a fan with the as a fan with the mindset that andy and i had it was kind of impossible to take that any other way than a bit of a kick in the face Absolutely, you can see why he's pissed off at his record company. But like Andy said, there's the record company, there's him as the artist, and there are the fans, and it, it, it sort of smashed the wrong group of people. Yeah, I think Prince wasn't on drugs, but I always think of this time as I think what I was trying to say was like, this is a real, it feels like a kind of allegory for a bad drug trip. I don't mean to say, or, or a, no, it, no, it, no. It, it, like when I think of this era, I just think of kind of like carpets with grit all over them and sort of like really sort of scuzzy kind and like Maite throwing out glitter and it all feels kind of like 
it, it, it all feels angry and cheap and homemade. I'm not saying that's not interesting. It is. And it, it, yeah. it, it's, it's like Prince sort of deconstructing some sort of breakdown and artistically, it's really interesting. It was very yeah. DIY. The live show yeah, was yeah, very, yeah. very DIY. It was, yeah. it was, it was homemade. If your home is Paisley Park, uh, well, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It, uh, yeah. So you, you have a look at the top of the pops uh, Mustang mix and endorphin machine videos. It's basically, you know, silver mylar foil as the yeah, backdrop. Yeah, it's you know, super. It's... it's super scuzzy. It feels like a real. It feels like the world's most expensive cheap house party. And... But it's just. But it's, it was the perfect antidote, you know, it's the perfect antidote to the gloss of, like, symbol and diamonds and pearls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I get, in that sense. I get it. It just feels like having glass rubbed in my eyes a bit in a, the era. Um, I want to I wanna um, get us into the album, right? Uh, okay. Sorry, that, that's, I, when I say all this stuff, it sounds negative, but it's, like, fascinating to me. Um, but... The, but I, wa- I want to bring us round to the album because I ha- you'll enjoy this bit as well, uh, you guys, because... Uh, this is quite timely because we've just had the record store uh, release of the album on vinyl, which most people yeah. haven't had it on vinyl. I certainly didn't. I haven't still got it on vinyl because my record stores didn't have it. Well, th- you'll get one. And it, it, <laughs> I, I was excited about the vinyl release because although I wasn't a massive fan of the album at the time, over the years, yeah, it's a solid album. I think it, I, even at the time I knew it was solid. To me, it's still very much like an album to be excited about if I hear it's coming out on a, on vinyl. I want that, right? So I went and got it the other day um, from Soho and... Uh, I brought it back and I stuck it on and it sounds beautiful. And this is where everyone's going to have a nice time. And because like, oh, you're too negative. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm not. Yeah. I am. Um, you know, you're not accusing me of that. I know I am. I stuck it on and I thought, not only does this sound great, it's absolutely banging the album up in my estimation now. It's made me fall in love with it properly for the first time ever, I would imagine. I think it's really timely. I think we are due you know, a full release, kind of a reissue treatment of it in general, not just for Record Store Day. Um, obviously, working in fashion as well, I kind of look at the the stylistic, you know, the live footage and the costuming and all that stuff that come with the album. The, and sh- it's the chevron jackets. Everything. Yeah. The hats. Love them. Um, it's actually really poignant trend-wise at the moment, the whole Y2K thing, the whole stylistic side of the album, the performances, you were talking about it feeling like grit on carpet. Yeah. Um, that is like with without sounding like a cliche fashion person, it's so on trend at the moment. If yeah, they yeah, were to yeah. release this and package it right with the imagery from the live performances, yeah. I think it would do in Incredibly, just because it seems like something that would be released I, now. Well, that's an interesting point. I'm I think throwing my was... money at the screen. I'm throwing <laughs> my money at the screen. <laughs> I... The thing is, it has this resurgence of um, kind of like acid hippie yeah, with yeah. the flower mm-hmm. kind of vibe in there. Like I, I'm going to come out yeah. and say it. The cover of the album as it re- was released was it was butt, right? I agree. It was bad. It didn't. It, it wasn't. No one could get behind that cover. It didn't sell it. And it, I even prefer, you know, the re-release cover that's just the basically cardboard with a symbol stuck on the front, which mimics the promo LP at the time. But the yeah. the cover did no favors to this album, and the way it was, it's a much better album 
than the way Prince himself treated it at the time and threw it away, it, like you it say, Chopin, it's kind of as a souvenir of the end of an era of confusion rather than the actual mm. starting point of an era. Well, I mean, I can only assume that by the time it was released, he was onto the next thing. He was already making Emancipation. Well, that I mean? sounds like our guy, yeah. Which had yeah, another terrible like, cover as well. It's like, free the gold experience, free the gold It's coming out. Do you want to promote it? No, no, I'm onto the next one. Yeah, but think about it now. If you would have done that now and you would have had, like, hashtag free the gold experience, it was like it was way ahead of its time in terms yeah, of... Yeah, flyering clubs that he owned. Anti, anti-marketing and it was... Yeah, yeah. It, it, would, it would have been great to... I can see the Prince Estate releasing those live clips on TikTok and people being obsessed, especially, you know, welcome to the Gold Experience, all this, yeah. the voiceover sample parts. People would be making their own TikToks to them, miming it. It would be brilliant. It is perfect for right now. And obviously, you guys know how much I love technology, but MPG Operator was the Alexa and Siri of its time. It was yeah. way, you know... You, you have now accessed the Siri experience. You've now, you know, it's it was, you know, I, I, I mean, if, I, I know the whole it, uh, style and the, 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 the fact that you could access music through a computer and I was all in that the music industry was obsolete. You yeah, know, like, he, I was. He was, of... he was way. I've said this a million times before, and I'll say it again. He was way ahead of his time, and you know, he was one of the first artists to sell stuff online. He saw, he saw the potential of the internet in the early days, and Obviously, it became very negative about yeah, it later yeah. on, but it, you know, there's so much you can deconstruct socially and technology-wise. I, I, I could write an essay about this. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's do the album. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay. No, no, no. It wasn't a cuss. It was just like, I, I want to talk about the music. And the most important thing to me, after all of it, do I like the music? I don't think we would have been this enthusiastic about the process and the imagery and stuffing if it didn't have the music to back it up. I think you could have done all of this and all of these concepts and and you would be like, oh, it's kind of interesting someone's doing that kind of style. It's really interesting that they're doing that kind of cyber hippie thing with, you know, like technology and stuff and they're a bit ahead of their time. I think it would have been a bit like that if it wasn't for the fact that all of this music is so damn good it's just so good it's mixed well it's one of the few albums that doesn't need a, a prince albums that doesn't need a remaster that's for sure don't need to touch it it's beautiful it sounds great you don't need but to pump it up anymore i i gotta tell you again i mean i have to say it again get it on vinyl if you've got a player people out there and you can get a copy it's have you listened to it on vinyl yet who, who here has yeah. Do you think it sounds as good as I'm making it out to sound? Because I think it sounds yeah. tremendous. I, I mean, it's kind of thing. I actually didn't open that record store day one because I've got the because I've got the original gold vinyl. Oh, one have you and, got the you've got the promo? Huh? And I've got the original gold experience vinyl with the proper cover. So this is why we love you, Chopin. This is why I haven't opened my record day store day cover and. I didn't know you had those guys. I've got one coming from the estate because those ones are numbered, so I'm going to end up with four copies. If you've not seen Chopin's (laughs) unboxing videos, please go to our YouTube channel and Facebook page. Well, well, I'm going watching Chopin open a box is the most entertaining thing I've ever seen. I'm I'm going to assume that um, it's you know it's the same pressing or the same. It will sound the same, so you don't need to play the new ones, right? Or you Uh, know, it's going to be a similar experience, but. 
I it might actually be a bit better because the the old be. ones were. Sorry, it might be it might be a bit better because it's probably better vinyl because the uh, mid nineties pressings were very thin vinyl. So then I would play it because it just sounds. On this this was the thing that took it up to me from solid album to I've overlooked something good here. <laughs> I think if Chopin thinks that this album is any better than he already thinks it is. Uh, your head might explode, Chopes. Yeah, he'll just dissolve. <laughs> it's going to be, I'm just going to, uh, it won't even get to the start of the first song. It'll just go into that like bass lick in the, the, at the start of Pussy Control. It's like, boom, boom, boom. And that's it. I'll be done. I'll turn to vapor, pure vapor of joy. You've just accessed the Chopin experience. <laughs> <laughs> Please change your underwear. Yes. <laughs> Please keep it's... this in the edit. <laughs> the weird thing is, it was like my taste glitter. Oh, right. So anyway, apparently, apparently, there's an album with songs on it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's right. I heard they're going to make okay. this into an album now. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of pussy control, that are, um, that start that bass lick when it comes in, that boom, 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 uh, just out of nowhere, and then those drums start coming in. Oh. Okay, confession time. It was also one of the albums that wanted me to learn Spanish because of the intro at the beginning. Princess del Morto. Princess del Morto. What does that mean? What does that mean? Though he is gone, we will still carry on, isn't it? Yeah, I, uh, I remember uh, my friend from Spain come over and I was like, you got to listen to this. Please translate. Huh. So, yeah. But, yeah, I, Pussy Control, awesome. And that lead line, that that those those cutting, like, saw synths that do, 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 what a lick. There's just, like, so many little, it's so detailed, this mix. It's, like, it's kind of, like, sounds like a simple song, but there's loads of little, like, kind of, like, screams and scrolches and sound effects that just, like, you got this one kind of, like, solid groove, you know, that ding, 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 and, and like it's all built on that, but there's like the little bits of like screams and kind of like little um, little simple like dun 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 dun. What we're like, going to do can... after this podcast is we're going to actually use all the stems uh, Chopin is giving <laughs> us now with his voice and make the uh, Chopin full orchestra a cappella remix. I'm already coding a, a Chopin oh. soundboard where you just have buttons and you click on them and it's just, just Chopin sound effects. You could just do a sampler set, but we... Yeah, the Chopin <laughs> sample set. Yeah. I'm just happy talking about this. I'm just I so happy to get a discussion. I love you too, man. What did you think, of, like, starting with uh, Pussy Control, like, what did you think of that one, Andy? I'm, I've never been a huge fan of it, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> but it's like that... I get, it's it's really weird. Like in the last week, everything I liked about this album has been bolstered, and stuff that I thought was okay has got very good, and stuff that I thought was very good has generally got excellent. Uh, Pussy Control is now very good in my opinion, <laughs> uh, and it's I thought it I thought it was thin and kind of harsh at the time. Uh, I think, and this isn't just a sound quality thing, by the way. It, the vinyl is a great pressing to me, but it's also it's also, I constantly, even the, the, the Prince eras I'm less enthusiastic about, I constantly go back, reevaluate them, take away a lot of the expectations I had at the time, or they've, they've mellowed over the years, or they just got fed back into what I think about Prince overall. And I just reevaluate stuff. And I, you know, I find that I find that I can just relax into stuff that 
I didn't love at the time. Pussy Control is like a solid seven for me now, where it was always uh, a, a five in the past. And maybe it's even an eight if I'm in a good mood. I really, it sounds, okay, God damn it, it sounds good. I think the message <laughs> is, I think the message is kind of, a little bit Prince having his cake and eating it. I mean, if he's doing all this, you can't, you know, a bitch is never a bitch and all that. Oh, oh, sorry, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, um, Mm. it's all that it's like, and you're calling it pussy control and trying to make it sexy and angry, but trying to be progressive at the same time. And then later on in, I hate you, you're going to start calling women bitches again and stuff and saying, you're going to use the rod. It's typical confused. I I want to be an angel and a devil all at once. So the lyrics are less interesting to me. The sound is good. It's really interesting that you mentioned the lyrics there. One of the points I was going to make about this song is, for me, it's one of those Prince songs where the lyrics are really important. And what I mean about that isn't actually the content, but when I think of that song, I instantly knew every single word. I maybe heard that song two, three times, and I knew every single word. And the only kind of similar-ish one I have like that is Face Down where I know every single kind of instantly and when I think of Pussy Control I couldn't just dance to Pussy Control I have to rap every single word scream every single note like you can't just do one or the other (laughs) so whereas the lyrical content isn't important to me just the energy that comes from that vocal performance is next level and I feel Mm. like you couldn't have one without I I think it's very simple rap by rap standards but he sells it so hard and he does it in his way and I think it gets through on that yeah it it just gets through because it's like it's not really rap it's Prince it's Prince playtime nursery Mm. rhyme rap and I like it yeah it's the sister of sexy MF it's the it's that it's that I if I had I had a brief brief hang up with it because I thought why isn't Off Machine not opening this album, and it, it a little bit of me it still makes sense to me that that way of looking at it. But as a song in its own right, it's amazing. It's massive. I love the sort of space age synth stuff when it comes in and it just drops to this progressive groove, um, and I. I feel bad saying it. I mean, I'm not not in the context of sort of confused backwards and forwards lyrics about sort of things that are right and things that are wrong. But I kind of like it when he's... I, I'm, I'm unashamedly... I love Prince when he's being lascivious and, and what have you. You know, I, it, it's... Um, he has his Bible in one hand and his bollocks cooked in his other hand and that is how Prince should be to me. And True. I love it when he goes for it. And that's one of the things I do like. Because, again, a, a lot of my negativity is that is the tour side of the thing and being sort of out of time at the time. The album isn't that. The album's a fucking masterpiece. As, as oh, said. Um, I, I, we're I really, all on really board. Like no, no, very much so. Very much so. And again, the others. Uh, yeah, well, we'll have that podcast at another time. But uh, <laughs> but no, and, and the other side of it is, again, I suppose my slightly different view is playing some of this stuff. This album in particular, uh, and songs of this album in particular, but anything else I can think of, and, you know, I've listened to hundreds of bootlegs, started doing arrangements for lots and lots of songs that never even reached the band and all this kind of thing. This album, oh, my God. Live translation, when you're sort of starting a version, you can start with the variables you have and, you know, your small scale, we're not them and all this kind of thing. But the songs are so damn good. So fundamental. There's a lot going on. Brilliant production. Mm. Tons of sounds. Tons of technology. But the bare 
the bare bones tunes here. I'm thinking of things like this, like now. Uh, just the grooves. Massive I, and brilliant. I, massive. I remember a review at the time saying, uh, uh, you know, and you know how the music press, Prince wasn't their darling after the 80s, and I know why, right? But, mm. um, but I do remember the reviews for this being really fairly solid and uh with the kind of caveat that there was nothing on here that was like cutting cutting edge or you know what prince was in the 80s he wasn't he wasn't ahead of the zeitgeist at this point uh, except in kind of um technology di- yeah digressive ways that you're or sort mm. of yeah that you've been talking about lee in particular but like music wise no but um i remember a review saying that like even if the songs aren't all sort of world beaters or anything, most bands would absolutely kill for the arrangement oh, and clarity yeah. of this album. And I and like I appreciate that more and more. Like I just the other thing I want to say as well, the, the anger thing, the thing that I couldn't latch into, you know, straight out of the eighties, all those eighties hits and eighties deep cuts into this angry guy doing live gigs without any of that material and all this kind of thing. The album doesn't it doesn't impact me on the album. On this you've got like um uh, just a chromatic rundown, really nasty. Say, da 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 da. It's no, simple. No. It's in your face. It's dirty. It's utterly fucking nasty and utterly fucking brilliant. It just, it just works on the album so well. And great to play outside of your car while driving along the South End Seafront. Yeah. Pussy and all my my non-Prince friends were absolutely loving it, Sit, sitting in the car and we was all singing along to it because it was like nasty and dirty yeah. and naughty and, you know, being a young male at that time, it was like, yeah. I, I, I think like, it I think it's I aged them. surprisingly well, yeah. this song. I think because... show, man, the music video is kind of like the holy grail as well, isn't it? Because we've only got them few clips. We've only, I think they've only got like 30 seconds of them outside of Glam Slam. You know, is that that the, the bit the video's from is like I pulled up right beside them, you know, like oh, yeah, I said, I know your reputation. That, uh, that bit, um, that's the only video. It's kind of outside the Glam Slam, gets out of the she gets out of a gold car, so does he. Um, it's uh, I, I want the estate to release that video. Yeah, along with it. several others around that area, but that's digressing from the music and like Pussy Control is because there was a lot of remixes and there was a lot of like it was on the Versace experience and stuff. When it came to the album, this this was like the fullest it was sounding because most of the time when I heard it, it was like a live arrangement or stuff. The weirdest, the weirdest one for me is when we go to the next song, which was Endorphin Machine, and obviously that. It was strange enough for me to go like that Welcome to the Dawn thing to come then after it to have Endorphin Machine rather than Interactive after it. So it was kind of like a strange thing because I, I was just, by that point, I was physically primed to, because I'd been learning guitar to it, to just go da 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 <laughs> after, here's a, you know, here's a sample. But then the version of Endorphin Machine is so different than the one that, like, from the video. It's like, I don't know whether it's just fantastic for its glossy production or the song has suffered because Prince had too much time to play with it. And it's, and I just kind of, I've settled on both versions exist. 
and that's good enough for me because there's this really raw version that was going to be on come or that was initially kind of going to be on the initial versions of interact uh, uh, gold experience because that was initially just going to be interactive endorphin machine space as the opening segment but this version of endorphin machine the only thing i'll say about it is if you just turned the cowbell down just a little bit <laughs> It would be a much easier listen. Always more cowbell. It's, like, it's, it's all right you saying that, Leah. You don't have to stand in front of him. It's exactly. entertaining to watch, though. Uh, and it's like, I, you know what it is? Is Michael Bland is such a heavy hitter. It's just like, is yeah. he the one just do? Is it just that they couldn't get a quiet cowbell from Michael Bland because he's such a heavy? I'm hitter a, I think I'm a bit biased with this track. I mean, it is you know essentially it's a. A brilliant typical Prince rock track, insofar as there's yeah. tons and tons of synths and other things going on as well. But it's it's a fantastic track, plenty of dynamics, lots of stops. Um, yeah. And obviously, for people that don't know, Paddy's tribute band is actually called Indolphin Machine. Oh, uh, you'd think I'd bloody remember that, really, wouldn't you? To say that, but yeah. thank you very much. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Plug. It's thank you. Indolphin Machine. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like um, the weekend endorsed endorsement machine. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you very much. The the one thing I will say as well, one of my absolute favourite um, spine tingling goosebump hairs on the back of your neck standing up moments, listening to uh, a bootleg, was the Yokohama version of this when the purple medley fades out and it com- comes into this. Oh my god, that is absolutely a tsunami of of kick ass. Then again, um, I th- so again, love it. If you if you put the purple melody medley next to anything, the next song's always going to sound better, isn't it? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Kind of controversy, yeah. Kinda, but uh, that Yokohama gig, that recording, and when this song kicks in, oh, is that it's where just he? Stunning. Does he still do like when it fades out? If I remember rightly, where he just like screams, "Prince is dead, long live the new power generation." Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because, uh, yeah. At this point in the tour, he's, he's a bit bored, so he's shortened it to yeah. put it into um, shush and so on. But yeah, it, for me, one of my one of my absolute uh, bootleg highlights is that that moment in that yeah. show. It's massive. It's also part of a contract that he uh, uh, contract that he had with the Japanese promoters is because they saw how things were going down in Europe with the Gold Tour, yeah, and they were yeah. like. Well, you're contractually. We're going to put in the contracts to say that you have to have this many hits. I'm, That's how I heard I, that they had so, to change it. Again, completely biased from a me and Andy probably perspective of bias in our logic of what we thought of how the tour was presented. But the fact that he hadn't played any of the big hits, then the Japanese promoters forced him to. My and again, sorry because I know this isn't gold experience. But bloody hell, did we get some interesting bloody tunes live on that? Ah, start a version of Starfish and Coffee and stuff. It's like, what? Yeah, sorry, anyway, I digress. I, when it comes to Endorphin Machine, I, uh, this isn't where I start to love the album yet. I just, it, it's one of those songs that it should rock my socks off and it just never touches the sides. It, it just sounds, it's like, yeah, this is, this is it's, it's just always just there for me. It's not bad. I just don't ever feel this song. I don't feel it. This is like a serotonin rush to me, this song. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I've always seen this. I know, Paddy, you said about Endorphin Machine being the opener. I always see interactive 
an endorphin machine being the closer. So interactive starts and then it, you would finish with endorphin machine. And my perfect playlist idea. You know what? I'd like it as a closer much better, weirdly. I'd, I never I'd, thought of that. I just wish in, interactive was on here as well. <laughs> That's all for me. I don't know. I don't know what it is about this song that just may, maybe it just sounds too pu- too pushy. Just like it, it, it's working too hard for me. Maybe it's the cowbell. <laughs> Do you mean this like the album version or just any live version you've heard? Um, I'm not that familiar with like the live versions over time. I haven't revisited a lot of that live stuff. Um, so no, I'm talking about. I'm talking about the uh, the song on the album. Really, is my is my understanding of the song by and large, and I'm not I'm not comparing it unfavorably to versions that weren't released or against live versions. I'm just like not feeling the song. It's all right. It's not. It's not. It's it's definitely better. It's better than all right, but it's not where the album starts to get yeah. truly great for me. So, uh, Lee, endorphin machine for you and. Oh no, I love it. I I loved it since the you know I remember I was in France somewhere, uh, and I remember picking up the um, interactive CD ROM that I was desperate for, and I remember watching the the video or piecing together the video or the puzzle to watch the video, or completing the experience. I can't remember, and I just absolutely loved the song. And I remember him playing it on the tour, and I was like, it was, you know, it was one of the ones I had to get. Um, because obviously, like we've talked about before, about all the songs switching albums and stuff, I was I was glad it was on there, and it's one of my favourites. I do like it when Paddy and Endorphin Machine actually perform Endorphin Machine. I kind of always giggle when I see it live. So um, there's another shameless plug for you, Ben. But no, I, I, I do like it. It's one of my favourites. You've just reminded me of something, actually, uh, is the watching it uh, watching it from that video of uh from the interactive cd-rom there was a little intro to it it was um because i listened to also listened to it on a bootleg called silver um and correct me if i'm wrong wasn't it used for top of the pops or something they did a, no they did it was a... it, it was on the same set so he's filmed two songs on the same day mustang mix of the most beautiful girl in the world which was used for the top of the pops hence the totp in yeah. the background is that the one with the kate bush album random yeah yeah both of them have got it like uh, uh the one that he's on the red shoes uh yeah and then you've also it um then you've also got he filmed the video for endorphin machine which he you know he might have filmed a load of videos that day who knows if he did the entire album like that who can tell um but it, there was this little um bit before it it was like this kind of again like an intro it's like what now lies ahead just beyond the corner just beyond the stars and it was just like there were so many of these little things but um that version of endorphin machine was the one i fell in love with this version um i've since fallen in love with for very different reasons i still kind of cowbell and the lead synth could be a little bit lower but apart from that my ear is adjusted so everyone's gone quiet bit of a shh. Uh, so yeah. I think I ended with, with the word so, not as a so. <laughs> um, actually, shh. interesting enough, Andy, I'm suspecting this might be where you think the album gets good. Well, yes and no. 
I I have to, um I I think it's a great song. I think Shush is great, but uh, but I, actually, well, what what I really think is that the second half of the album is pretty much fire. From, uh, uh, but I think there's a few. Uh, I think it's a little. I think it's a. I'd I'd cut a couple of songs. I wouldn't cut Shush though, but uh, it's. Like the the ba- the baseline quality of this album is really high. <laughs> uh, I just think it gets really. It, I I realized what a strong finisher is in in the last week. I realized that it just gets better and better from about now onwards. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, uh, I, I think Shush is just great. The thing about Shush is that any other artist, any other R and B artist, should have just taken this to the number one basically uh and with prince it's just like oh another brilliant song buried in a career of brilliant songs and it's just that good really um i love the big michael bland cascading drums intro it always at the time and always still reminds me of take me with you as just like a special treatment given to a song just like oh we i adore it but when my playlist is on shuffle and it comes on full blast. It never fails to scare the living daylights out of me. <laughs> every single time. And like every time it comes on, I have a nervous twitch. I, I just, I, I'm sorry to hear that. And, you know, if you or any other uh, listeners have been affected by any of the issues we've raised <laughs> in this podcast, may we recommend the therapeutic experience? Um, <laughs> the Xanax I, experience. Yeah. <laughs> I um yeah I, I I've just I I just really like that it was this was like given the real luxury treatment for me this song, and it and it deserves it because it's just very 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 good. Really, I really like I like I like the space in this track. I like you know the big dynamics at the start, which obviously mirror the title of the song because then it's shh break it down, and you know the song becomes something very very spacious and luxuriant. Is everyone uh, trying to f- fix put? Prince tracks in their in their commentary because so, so far we've had a door space and now. Uh, well, Prince wrote a lot of songs. Too, you know, yeah, it's it's hard to have any conversation. I often when I'm walking along the street, I sometimes just I, I just if I, I look at a shop sign and it reminds me of a Prince song, or I can pun off a Prince song it because he wrote a lot of songs, and I sometimes play like Prince Bingo just walking around London. To be honest, every time I, I stand in a hotel and I walk past the breakfast, it's like uh, my husband goes. Continental. There you go. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it, you're never that far away from a Prince reference. Whenever I'm in London and I pass Big Ben, I can't help it but go, London, what does Big Ben say? If that's what I'm talking about. So I'm uh, sure there's Prince fans listening to this just laughing their asses off now. Uh, um, once I was I was in a supermarket with my mum and my brother and the uh, like the, the checkout started beeping. It was just going, beep, 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 beep. Um, and my mum just started going, da, 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 da. like interactive and this was before it even came out and it's like that's how i know i'd been playing the bootleg that much Uh, okay well then i've got i've got to tell you this then i have um i don't have an alexa guy one of those things i have the google version the little google home mini right and i won't say it now because you know what you say to wake up google you say hey and then you say the name of that company yeah and i'm just trying not to wake it up as i talk but my absolute dream and I still, I do this all the time when I, I do it like every few weeks. I say to it, hey, name of company. 
let's stick the seven inch in the computer and I want it to say back ha 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 and when that day comes I'll die happy. Meanwhile at Google very quick one in my family obviously i've spoken about my dad making me a prince fan we didn't go for a shower in our household we went for a shower (laughs) (laughs) i can't follow that (laughs) no i just think the duality of the duality of the drums and the ballad and the fact that actually the song is a really slow count and the, the the drums are over that slow count whereas it kind of flips your brain to think the drums are like dun, 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 and it's not. It's like dun. Oh, I, I can't do it now. But it, it, it's a, it's a slow count under fast drums. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Um, and a very tasteful guitar solo at the end as well. And I'm not a massive fan of um, Prince ballads, as you know, but uh, this one absolutely superb. Well, I was interested in your take on the guitar solo at the end. You know, as a as a fellow guitarist, because I. I that guitar solo is epic. It that, is. That lead line, yeah. that... Da, 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 it's just like, oh my God, that is a blissful... That's like a... Like, she's always in my hair type of joyful... Yeah, yeah. This is a very melody. good song, isn't it? It's like, we can all... Yeah. This is a... This is a. Uh, this is pure class, pure songwriting, pure performance, yeah. and pure dynamism. And like I say, for, if another, this is the sort of song where another artist, this would have been one of the highlights of their career. Mm-hmm. And with Prince, yeah, it's just camera. like, yeah, well, <laughs> no, I mean, a more even a a, a bigger artist would have killed to write this song. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and definitely. I just to sing one more part. Uh, is that it's the there's this little bass lick that come that's in it that's in the back. Because it sounds so simple, it's like boom, 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 and then the, then the bassline just does this, and it's just like oh, when it does that, it's just so beautiful. Like it's like this really like deep bass, and then a quad, and then it just lifts to this kind of just tasteful little. It flex. is tasteful, and, and it just it happens at the right moment, um, and it and it punctuates the gap between the 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 lyrics like between each line that's like it's, you know break it's got a bit of that still would stand all time from the after club uh space to it he doesn't rush anything on this he just let the vocal just sits well, the vocal just coasts over this really nice backing and there's there's just space and restraint and attack all just deployed really nicely i think this song for me and it builds and it drops and and like my usual thing with prince ballads is the only thing that a lot of the time the only thing that kind of builds and drops is his vocal thing is like it goes into screaming and wailing but the background is kind of especially the early ones are kind of quite they plod along and then they kind of wait for prince to get up there vocally this one kind of does it musically as well creates a much better dynamic that keeps me more interested in this ballad uh, not to negate the other ones they're all you know there are some great ones but this one hits home i think particularly because it's music it has huge musical dynamics as well as vocal dynamics uh, uh there's a lot of push and pull with the vocal and the and the instrumentation and which i just absolutely love seriously push come on this is just ridiculous <laughs> yeah push <laughs> um 
I absolutely love this song. Um, fell in love with it when I saw the beautiful experience, and I love that whole bit where he does like the click in his mouth, and the candle blows out, and then he throws the guitar pick, and it lands on the guy's cap. Um, absolutely love this song, and yeah, you mentioned Tevin Campbell did a version of it um, as well, and I remember a lot of my R and B friends as well saying that they loved the song and they they got in, introduced to it via Tevin Campbell. Um, but yeah, it's one of the ballads. If uh, if I have a cer- certain females come to the house, it'll be like I'm playing that. You know, candle lit and uh, dim light. It's weird. Light. I've got someone at work that does the same thing. It's like you know, we're talking about with no, no, with with the sh- with this song. Just going, ah, oh, this is a great one. This is a great, like, and he's not a particularly big Prince fan. Like, I mean, he he knows his stuff. He like he knows like sensational and stuff. Confessions. Yeah, Prince Shush is my Netflix and chill. <laughs> It's a good one. It's, it's a, a good, good one. one. Can we stop oh, yeah. saying things like a big Prince fan in this context? Because like, I, I don't want. I've gone somewhere else. Right. Um. Where are we going on on the album next? What happens next? We march. We march. I Ding. think this is a brilliant song. I I realised how good it was again in the last week. I always thought it was pretty good. And um, there's one thing that holds this back from quite realising its full potential. I think. Some of the instrumentation is too clean and plastic on this song. And I think, actually, there's so much going on, on under the hood that it gets a little bit... I, th- I think something like the sort of vibraphone-type sounds and synth keyboard things are just a bit too clean here. I love the mm. kind of... The cleanliness of that sample. That's really cool. But I think I want to hear a bit more grit in the song. And coupled with that, I really like the... Um, lyrics in the verses they're odd and they're kind of surprising but it gets so nursery rhyme for the chorus that this is such, I, I love the song i think it's just an a near miss in terms of being a truly truly great song that communicates its greatness to everyone i think the time it gets really good and gritty is that ding 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 you know like for me, it's. I, I have to say, this track I'm not that keen on. I find it a little bit cheesy. The synths are too metallic. And it. I, I don't know. It For me, this isn't really in keeping with the rest of the album. The, the sort of. Um, the slightly more visceral dynamics and what have you. This one, I, I just don't like the track that much. I don't know. Uh, it's. Don't get me wrong. As Andy, as Andy is off to say, as far as the track goes, you know, by Prince's standards, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I no, just doesn't do it for me particularly. We march. I I think this is one of those times where you see him. This is kind of one of those songs because I think it was like a later addition to the album, where he's starting to head into the emancipation direction. You know, like where because the album's been around so long, like we said, if it had just come out of the round of the time, it would have sounded very like. The album would have sounded very like calm, very a bit rawer. But the fact that it's gone on for so long, some songs have been added. But I think he was going towards. You can hear here he's starting to go towards like that emancipation production because you know, like after this, there's like Girl Six. Some of the kind of re- purple medley remixes starts to get into that kind of cleany, more plastic. Yeah. What's plastic is definitely the word for me. Yeah, so it's getting into that that kind of territory going back into uh, more synthetic sounding. And I think that's, this one still has enough to sound cohesive on this album, but I think 
of of all the songs that show you where he was headed next on this album, I think this is the one that shows you where he was about to go to. Weirdly, no, I agree with you on that. It, 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 this would fit more on Emancipation than it does in Gold. It, I kind of agree with Paddy as well. It kind of, I think I struggled with this one when I heard it because it's like I hadn't heard it before, where a lot of the stuff I'd heard before on other albums or events or bootlegs or whatever. But this one I didn't, and it just didn't didn't fit. And it was, it it it, it would sound better on Emancipation, I think. I just love the melody of it. I love the detail. It's just, it's just, it's just the varnish on it is the wrong varnish to keep it from being something a wee bit better for me. Have we got Leah back? Right, uh, yeah. <laughs> do we march, Leah, or do we not march? March all the way. Um, absolutely love the track. Um, I feel like it is one of those songs that maybe the first time you play it, you think it might be a bit twee, um, a bit school ground. But actually, the more you listen to it, the more credible it becomes. It's one of those motivational Mm. songs that I just love. Um, It's really feel good. It builds really nicely. And I bet it's a phenomenal one um, to experience live. Obviously, I haven't. Um, But I bet it was a great one live because I find it really emotive, actually, just on the record, let alone in person, hearing it performed. I think it's another one that's aged surprisingly well to me. Again, all my... All my the things that detract from it just satombra wise don't detract from it enough. But actually, what's come through over the years for me is how much detail there is in it and how much compositional skill. I it's so princey, it's so fucking princey. I'm very happy with this song. I've got to say, I think it's Prince's softer version of Rhythm Nation. It's the politicalness of you know we march and about racism and stuff like that. I think there's. There's the, more yeah. in the lyrics to that. I think they're quite important as well. The the lyrics could do a definitely do with a punch up in the uh, punching up in the chorus, especially to me. Mm-hmm. But um, but I, I God damn it! I mean, who wouldn't want to? Who just who wouldn't want to be able to write a song just of that <laughs> quality? I mean, I know that's yeah. not what we're judging Prince on, but it's just so impressive. It's just like I, I really like it. And it ends so well is that that kind of that lilting vocals. I know that it's time in Mars. Yeah, uh, it's just such a, and then it ends with that click of that. This this is the kind of song where I fantasize about like being next to Prince in the studio at the time and saying, "Try it this way." There are some songs as well that when I listen to them, rather than just listening, I kind of make my own music videos in my head. Now, I feel like the other creatives in the, <laughs> that are hearing this one understand. There's some songs that you just listen to and you enjoy as a song, but there are some others that you start visualising what you'd do for the music video, what it might look like. Um, and this is one of those songs that does that for me. Yeah, I'd love to I'd love to do it. I'm the same, Leo. I'd love to do a cut of this and, you know, the political element of it. And it kind of ties into Baltimore a bit in terms of the mm. visuals and stuff like that. So- um but this yeah, was, nice. Was this written for the Million Man March? I, is that the story? My brain's saying something of like, yeah, it's, there's some element to that. That sounds sounds there, there, right. There, there was there was a big. I, I don't even know the details. I just he 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 sort of donated this track to a cause at the time, if I remember rightly. It someone, sounds familiar. Someone Prince Gold. <laughs> Let's have a quick look. Yeah, it sounds familiar, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, you know, it, fe- it feels like that. 
it's a nice counterpart. Uh, um, it's a nice like kind of. Uh, well, it wasn't really going to be used for showgirls, was it? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. In creating the song "We March," he was asked, uh, "Did you have the then upcoming Million Man March in mind?" To which Prince answered. We March was played at the Million Man March over the loudspeakers, but in fact was written before I had heard about the event. So, okay. just again, ahead of his time. Always. And uh, only a, a mixed reaction from the gang, though, but I'm glad I've got Leah on my side for that one. We'll march, Leah, and the others can sit down and, you know, oh, what, uh, I uh, love watch, it. I love watch it. Rick and Morty or something. We'll, we'll go out there and live life. Hey, there's nothing wrong with Rick and Morty. Hold I love that. Rick and Morty. I'm on side with this one, Andy. Oh, cool. Good. I was just saying that it it pointed towards uh, more emancipation things, but I like that. I know some people say they think of that as a negative, but to me that's kind of a positive, just in a kind of lead-off. Because the the synths are so bright, they don't... um... They, there is actually some cohesiveness. I, I know some of you think it sits a little bit outside, well, Paddy especially, it sits outside the album, but the synths still relate to Pussy Control for me. They still relate to some of the brightness of gold. It doesn't, it, it's, it still sits within the album without bumping me too much. Gold's the, yeah, gold's the closest thing to that, the sort of place in the hemisphere that it sits sonically, but yeah, yeah, no. Uh, is what it is. And just to point out, there's a little bit of French at the uh, French Spanish at the beginning, and it means all one for all and all for one. Oh, that's there delightful! Musker hounds are always ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hello, I'm an eighties kid. I knew you'd get that reference, Andy. Absolutely. Um, what we got next? Have we got Dolphin next? Uh, the is beautiful it... experience. Oh, 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 sorry. Is it beautiful girl next? Yeah, oh, beautiful girl. Okay, who's going to start us off on this fella? I hated it when I first heard it. I thought it was absolutely awful, sugary crap. And I, 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 I hated it, hated it, hated it. But this is, this is an absolute classic. Worked out how to play it. <laughs> I'm like, this is actually a really, really nice song. <laughs> it just, just I, I did a complete U-turn on this tune. A complete U-turn. Prefer listening to a, a, sort of a live version. Um, but... Uh, and I just love the fact that he was in that big um, that big thing in the 90s where he wasn't as critically relevant anymore. Or should, well, should I say he wasn't as down with the kids sort of anymore and all this kind of thing. And there was this feeling that, well, Prince, you know, he was a power in the 80s, but meh, you know, Madonna, we pay Madonna more here at Warner Brothers because she can write hit after hit after hit. And he just went, eh, well, well, I got it. I just proved my point just because I can and you seem to want me to. Here's the number one. Now go away, I'm going to do it again. Do you not think it's unbelievably cheeky as well, the fact that he took that attitude, wrote the song, and the whole song is just the same short melody repeated again and again. That is true, true songwriting. That is X-Factor songwriting ability. He found that riff and just milked it over and over and over again, and it's brilliant. And it's the fact that for the most part, people don't realise it until you point it out or, like you say, you learn it or think about it. Having said that, that that um, there's a fairly complex rundown towards the end. And that's very, very nice. But no, you're right. It is essentially a repetitive melody. It's the key, sort of corner stand of the song. Are you talking about that if the stars ever fell one by one from the sky bit? Yeah. Yeah. I this is a song where I like the remixes better than I like the original. 
Um, it's um, I think I I love the original version of the song. The version on Gold Experience is a little overworked with the pauses. Uh, although I like the kind of like the, the details of the the, the ticking clock. You know, like in the pauses, it's the, basically the kind of live version uh, in the studio. I mean, it's gorgeous vocals. Mm-hmm. I mean, amazing harmony vocals. But by the time, it's almost yeah, it's like a year, two years old by the time we get to this album. And I've kind of already listened to the beautiful experience. You know, I've already listened to the full beautiful experience, the original single like the little mustang mix and the stacks of wax cds that came out at at the music club uh, sorry in the mpg store at the time um so it wasn't my essential listen it was kind of like even though i played it through that that first listen i was kind of racing to get to the next song because i'd listened to this song so many times and in so many different versions uh but the the beautiful club mix um I love that version. But it's a good song. I mean, it's a good song. I think Lee's Lee's briefly in transit looking at his his picture. Uh, Basically, I'm in an office somewhere and someone is hoovering, so I'm avoiding the hoover guy and he's kind of chasing me around the building. Um, (laughs) No, the most beautiful girl in the world, you know, um, saw it on the beautiful experience. Remember the beautiful experience being released and thinking it was going to be the songs from the album then realizing it was just the remixes and being incredibly disappointed um but you know i'm um, correct me if i'm wrong chopin it was released under mpg records and not warner brothers and yeah. it was and like he pr- he proved a point with the with the song yeah he was uh, offered a one-off license with mpg uh, mpg records and bellmark uh and then he and that went very well for him with one number one single. So he tried to do it again with Love's uh, Love Sign, and they were like, "Hold up, we let you have one, and we're not going to let this other one come out." So that's kind of how that one went down a bit. Okay, yeah, yeah. I just I just remember it being a big, you know, a big win for him because it was like one of his biggest hits, and it wasn't released under Warner Brothers, and it kind of proved a point that he could still going back to Paddy's point that he could still write. A hit in the 90s and I just remember it getting a lot of radio play and yeah. I think by that time I was kind of sick of it because I heard it like you know in the beautiful experience and stuff like I love the video to it about you know people going in and seeing the, their potential being shown on screen and you know a female president and a beauty contestant and you know beauties in the eye of the beholder and and uh you know from a visual point of view and the video is quite iconic um so much so, makeup in that video. Yeah, 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 exactly. But a um, lot cake. Yeah, it's um, like drag makeup. It's like cannot even remember the video. I thought this song was pants when it came out, and then what? I had a paddy moment. I many years later, some of us here were at a Prince hangout in Camden, just meeting up at the pub, talking Prince. And it was near it was near Christmas, I think, and it turned into it. We used to, they let us put the music on and have all prints. And most beautiful girl came on during this evening, and so it was just me and you, Chopin. I think Lee, you were there, and maybe about twenty of us just dancing to Prince tracks. And when beautiful girl came on, 
everything crystallized for me. And I was just, I wasn't drunk or anything. It wasn't that drunk. It was just like, I realized how princey it is. Just, I was, and and how hypnotic and simple and sing-song and luxuriant it is. And ever since that moment, when I just heard it, I often find with Prince, uh, especially with people who aren't into Prince, and they tell me Prince is rubbish or whatever, and I say, that's fine. Maybe one day you'll listen to it and understand how to listen to it. Or if you don't, that's also fine. But if you have the ears for Prince, so he'll open up to you. Mm. And even within that, there are tracks that I still they still have to open up to me. And that was the night this song opened up to me. And ever since then, I've just thought this is one of the most glorious bloody bonus balls of his career. Absolutely freaking love this track to distraction. It's so if you're gonna basically if you're gonna go sugar, go sugar, do it big, yeah? yeah. This is just yeah. pure Prince does Disney on acid twice. I love it. I absolutely adore it. I'm so shocked that you love it, Andy. That's I didn't expect that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hard but fair here. <laughs> <laughs> if, oh, uh, if we if we get any reissues or special editions, I want I want Andy's quotes on there. It's Disney on acid. It just I, I just want <laughs> Andy's quotes on the movie poster or the album poster of like <laughs> it's Disney on acid. It's, it's, sure, it's, 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 I should these have been are... in advertising, but on a Mars. Exactly, but, um, these are brilliant. It's an I, embarrassment I, of riches. I, I, I think the song's an embarrassment of riches. It's sumptuous. It's just, and it's, and what, basically, what a guy. What an artist. Mm, it's, yeah. it's beautiful. It's it's not my most consistent like, but there's sometimes a play and, and, and it kind of hits and you just go, oh, this is great. And then there's sometimes it's just like it, I'm I'm kind of I'm not in a yeah ballady mood and it's just like I'm well you know this is a very it's like for me it's kind of like Purple Rain now it, in that sometimes it's been played so much and stuff that sometimes I was I was going to say exactly the same thing is I think as a Prince fan it's the one that's been played to death and it is very similar to Purple Rain it's the one sometimes it's the one song you don't want to hear this is how you do your anger right. This is how you fuck off the record company, prove your point, and give the people something that is indisputably generous and magnificent. And that's and it's mainstream it, as well. I would agree with you on that. I would absolutely agree with you. It's a strike in bowling. It's just dead down the middle. It's just it, like it doesn't miss a trick. It's just it's ludicrous. It's like a parody of itself. I love it. Prince, 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 Prince. Thank you. So what do we think about the next one, which is uh, Dolphin? Uh, start with Leah. Love! <laughs> I know this one is Marmite, and we're probably going to argue this one out, but I flipping love this song. Did I originally, when I was about 10 the first time I heard it? Probably not. Now, in adulthood, kind of understanding it, I ab absolutely adore it in any format it comes whatever harmonies it comes in for whatever version I bloody adore it and I don't understand why this is such a marmite track in the community everyone I speak to either loves it or hates it and I, I can't get that I just think it's a beautiful song I love the video again if that came out today it would be a smash hit like visually it's so on par with what's going on People would go mental over it. Estate, release it, give us this stuff. Now's the time to do this. Wow. 
So uh, six out of ten then, now is it? <laughs> ten out of ten. <laughs> so Paddy, I love it. Dude, oh. I do. I love it. I thought you didn't, but I'm wrong. No, no, no. We uh, we did this at um, when we played the uh, gold experience anniversary show in in London once and I think it was the only time we played it now there's eight of us in the band and I think more than half of us were like what the hell is this you know it's like what why why um and I was like no it's funny it goes back to like Andy was saying about a beautiful girl like it's so princely to me this this is prince to, to the T if you could distill the weirdness that is Prince. That <laughs> this is this song. It's I think it's awesome. I really do. It sits somewhere between. It sits in its own place. It's not pop. It's not really rock. It's, a, it's just. It's got a amazing. It's got a, it's got a touch of three chains of gold about it in the middle mm. too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but no, a big thumbs a up for me. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I remember the uh, live. He did uh, did it on live TV show. Fell over backwards, and the guy who was running the show was going. David Letterman. Yeah. David Letterman. Letterman. And he's like, it look, just looks like, is he all right? <laughs> as, he, as he really conked out here? No, really, really good. Love it. Love it. Andy, what do you think of this one? Oh, me? Okay. Um, yeah, I'm on the other side for this one. There was always going to be one of us. <laughs> I, I, I do. I hear it. You're, you're almost, um, I feel very generous towards this whole album at the moment and have done recently, but... Uh, and you're almost convincing me just because you're also joyful about it so far. I, I appreciate how odd it is. That first bit, which is very, very minor. How beautiful do the words. Like, and like, it's very ambient. It's, it's like um, a poor man's anesthesia. I, I want it to hit hard. I want it to hit hard and hit me with that weird prince, sad, painful, yearning beauty. And it never makes it. It never makes it above the red line for me. It's just can't do this one, guys. Don't hate it. It's not so. Um, it's not so marmite for me, but can't do it. Uh, I absolutely love this. This was the huge <laughs> phone bill of me dialing in seven 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 on box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I absolutely love it. I saw it on David Letterman and the whole play on you know Prince is dead and him falling down. I absolutely love it. It was. You know, I keep on pestering Chopin and Paddy of like, I want to learn the guitar. I want to learn the guitar, and I think Dolphin and. Prince guitar is the two songs I'd love to learn how to play. And again, with the music video, the visual of him sitting on the bed and the band forming around him on the bed, and then he falls back again. It's the whole, you know, resurrection. And if I came back as a dolphin and, you know, I absolutely love it. It's the great visual and, you know, you fall in love with the, the guitar, you, you know, the visual of the guitar and also the sound of the guitar. It's just got this dreaminess about it. Oh. Yeah. It feels like you're floating. That moment when he kind yes. of collapses back, you kind of do it with him. You're like, yeah. hey, I'm as high as you feel right now. <laughs> it, it's great. And that lift that comes into the solo, uh, like when he goes in, it's happened before, I'm not telling you, you wouldn't let me that, in. That, that's Almost Rhapsody. Of... Well, that's the three chains of gold bit for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, I've, I've got to, I, I, almost, I want to like this song. One day I'm going to like it. If I came back as a dolphin, I'd like this song. <laughs> hey. Maybe you'd listen to it then. <laughs> <laughs> See, this this one was like, I, I first heard it on The Undertaker, uh, at the end of The Undertaker in a very short 
version and for me it was a really kind of rough hewn you know like just bass guitar drums and vocal and single vocal it was a and ended with this really kind of weird psychedelic jam but when i when i saw the video i i went to the vintage clothes store and got myself a wing collar shirt and a pair of oval sunglasses just and 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 this was and and a little uh, maybe a stick of mascara to write on my uh uh, cheek. Uh, it, I was so into this. I love, love, love this song. The, I love playing this song. I remember one of the first multi-effects pedal setups that I had um, was a thing called a Zoom. Yes, I got, I got the black with the silver, black lens with the silver rim. For those that can't see me, Leah just made a very quick costume change into the glasses he wears in the video. <laughs> This has got to be a first. Prince cosplay on a podcast. My God. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm wearing uh, yellow lace trousers underneath this uh, bench, so <laughs> I won't stand up. I remember getting a, a multi-effects unit for, uh, for, if you don't play guitar, it's, you know, where you have, like, delays, reverbs. It's the kind of, like, the stomp pedals that um, uh, guitarists use. And one of the patches had i set up one of the patches to do that noise which is uh, at the start which is an octaver a tremolo and there's this uh zoom effect which is like this squelchy effect that prince had on his guitars at the time that um came from these uh came from only from a zoom unit um it kind of like this it, like the bits in the undertaker where like kind of the guitar sounds like a duck quack type i don't know if you remember those but it's i remember setting up my uh, my guitar pedal to just so i could just do the dolphin bit like that uh i, I was so like just so i could sit there like and i thought i was i mean it must have sounded terrible the only reason it was in time was because the tremolo is just in time and does the timing for you but i wasn't that cool the one time we played it i just did it with the volume note it's like whoa 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 if you got a multi-effects tremolo and octava will do the job welcome um, to yeah. confessions of a prince guitarist yeah sorry oh. there's a podcast in the prince guitar stuff that we haven't done yet that we're yeah, really, sorry, really this is we're getting to. real geeky on yeah. this but like i i forensically love this song is what i'm trying to say i forensically love this song down to the guitar pedals that he uses down up to the thin tones of the lead guitar solo all through to the uh, chorus on Sunny T's bass. It's just a remarkable song. And I, you know, I could talk another like hour just about this one song. I love it that much. And I want to sit there with the multi-track and just solo every bit and just kind of, you know, every vocal harmony, every guitar solo, every reverb. I just love it that much. It goes beyond just it. It goes beyond just loving it as a complete song, uh, as a listening experience. To me, my my mind delves and tries to break it apart because I love it that much. Okay, confession time. I did pretend that I was Tommy Barbarella and I was playing the keyboard on the bed when I was watching. <laughs> were you, Were you being suspended? Were you flying around your room suspended above your bed yeah. wearing a kilt? <laughs> That's what I need to know. <laughs> It was it was like, hey, it's playing on box. I'm Tommy Barbarella. I'm playing this on my bed. <laughs> Shout out to Tommy Barbarella, by the way. Shout out. Uh, 
I, I was sat on my bed playing the guitar to it, so... Yeah, Actually, you, you either wanted bedroom. to be Prince or you either wanted to be Tommy Barbarella in that in that music video because you're like you're pretending to play the keyboard on a bed and then you're playing. I the was Maite, so yeah. yeah. Well, I think Sam was Morris Hayes with the top hat and the cape type thing. So I think between our friend group, we've got pretty much the entire MPG from that video. They reenacted it. At some point. Every single there day. is a recreation of a music video in there somewhere. <laughs> I would so do it. Paddy, you need to lend me that gold cymbal guitar for a weekend. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. I'll bring the glitter. I'll bring the clip. Oh, you bastard. Yeah. Oh, he's getting out. Every time I see the guitar, I have flashbacks of having the responsibility of carrying that through an audience for you. Oh, yes. God, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. It's turned into a podcast episode to guitar show and tell. It's ridiculous. Sorry. <laughs> For those that obviously can't see this, Paddy's got his gold guitar out and now Chopin is displaying his blue member, whatever. I don't know. Blue cloud from The Undertaker. <laughs> okay, next song. Okay, yeah, we, we need to move on now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We need to move on now. I kind of uh, latched onto what Andy had said about from now, it it starts getting like really, really good. This was another song for me that was a bit of a late bloomer, but in a similar way to the groove that we have in Pussy Control, it's like this awesome, deep, stumbling sort of shuffle bass groove. Uh, it's got masses of intensity to it, very driven. This is one of the ones that I think suits a little bit of anger. I, I absolutely love now. And that sort of slightly insane abandon. It's about the things, the freaks doing everything they want to do now. It's just that whole, oh, do it, do it, do it. And again, just particularly if you've got a bass, pl a bass player and a drummer like I have, this is a good live track to do. It really is. If you're going to do any two songs at Prince Party, you're going to do Now and Days of Wild. And Now is the one that just gets everyone, you know, it's, it's, it's the mosh pit. Of Prince tracks, it's the it's the it's the one that gets everyone going. I've got five words to say about why I really like this song. I was about to say that. That's a fucking hook. <laughs> <laughs> that that just ride that just rides you through and gives you a good time from start to finish in the song. It's it's um, what's the word? It's irresistible. Remember when Lee used to tell us not to swear on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was then. Experience happened. And this, and this is now. Fucking now. Yeah. Yeah. People listening to this are laughing to like all the in jokes that only Prince fans would get. Seriously, well, that, it's just they, why ridiculous. would they be listening otherwise? And then I someone mean, just uh, uses the word irresistible. Yeah. It's like, come on, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> just... I think. What did you say? Abandoned, Paddy. That's the word for it. He's really. It, it, it's great. It's good to hear him like let go. He's letting yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah, he's he's, let, he's letting go with intent. Let go. It, <laughs> you know, it, you it, 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 he he sells it hard enough, and then and then some. I really, I, I really like it. It just kicks, and yeah. I lo I love that filtered, um, that filtered verse with the forty forty five. You know that kind of radio filter or phone filter. I really love it. There's nothing to stop me having a good time with this guy. Uh, the live arrangement for this, for the beautiful experience film, is just beyond 
crazy. And it's that there's this bit that uh, Sonny T does with a with a pitch shift on his bass is like It's it's for a simple jam again. This band fit in so many little details to stop it being monotonous, monotonous, and in such a tasteful and skilled way. What a band! Because this is a monster of a jam for me, and it's it's got a sense of humor, it's got swagger, it's got groove, and it, and and then you get to a a peppy little brass part. I mean, who else? Yeah. Who else would do that? <laughs> who else would do that? Yeah. And, who else would do something which is so sort of diametrically opposed to what's come before, but fits absolutely perfectly? Is it? Yeah, it's just. Yeah, this is this is a, another like it's not really hip hop. It's Prince to putting it through a very weird filter and coming out laughing. I think I really like it. It's like if la 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 uh, la 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 he 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 was done in a hip hop style. Mm. You know, it's it's got that cartoon esque type thing, but it's got that kind of heavy. It's one of those tracks that really, really makes me angry at my age. The fact that I never got to experience this um, in a live context, obviously from Prince. And I just can't even imagine, you know, when you can't even comprehend the feeling of being in an audience and actually hearing this live in person. Um, It's it's a part of the set that I love when Endorphin Machine do it, because it's the closest that I could ever possibly get to hearing that. Apart from obviously MPG are touring now. I don't recall that being in their set, though, when they they toured last time although i did shout at them to do interactive but they didn't remember it and maybe maybe they'll rehearse now for the uh, london gig hint hint wink wink hint hint, hint wink wink but yeah it it's one of those tracks that i just can't even imagine hearing live from the man himself and just i think i would just explode into my taste <sighs> glitter that's been thrown everywhere and just yeah it's incredible it just builds and builds and builds it kind of gives me that ultimate club track you know you get the drop and everyone's waiting for the drop and it builds and it builds and that chorus when it does drop I I don't think there's any bar any club that you couldn't play this track in that wouldn't get a good response but it it is it is the it is the ultimate club track it is the ultimate prince club track because like I said before you play at any party and you can feel the dance floor with it it's yeah. You know, yeah, it's rocking. This and Days and Wiles, it's... And Billy Jack Bitch. Yeah, it's it's the one that gets... Because I think the last party that we went to recently, the Maureen's one, I think I remember me, you, Chopin, Maureen, uh, oh, dancing God. to uh, dancing to, uh, to now, I'm sure we were dancing yeah. to... I remember doing something. Uh, yeah. It was crazy, but it's always always the one that... You've always got a circle of people screaming like at that end one, like, no! Where are the 90s Prince fans? Oh, they're over there. (laughs) The other one is Violet. Violet the organ grinder. Oh, Violet the organ grinder. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you're usually your Prince party and you're like, where is Chopin? He's twisting himself in. Yeah, he's twisting himself into the pretzel on top of the bar. You become the Pied Piper when that song comes on. I have vivid memories dancing with you, uh, Chopin, to that song in in many a party. I just enjoy it too much. But now now is one of those kind of those great party tunes that just oh and then it goes into another great one it, uh, which is one of the um two uh which is one of the two songs from Showgirls which I thought this was going to be on the Showgirls soundtrack least favorite movie of all time. Of course. 
and that's three nineteen. And I was I when that Showgirl soundtrack came up uh, came out because a lot of Prince songs were showing up as soundtracks, you know, at the time. Get Wild was on Preda Porte. Uh, girl six and and I was I was I, like I was scanning. And I was like, why why is like three nineteen and Rip Pop Girl Zipper not on on this and oh, Rip Pop Girl Zipper, which was meant to be on the Gold Experience. It was meant to be uh, after acknowledge me. It was meant to be acknowledge me. Rip Pop Girl Zipper three nineteen was meant to be your track list. Now acknowledge me. Rip Pop Girl Zipper three nineteen, which is another thing about this album. It's just the songs that were left off was so good. There is just like this scattering of uh, just like the kind of Crystal Ball, Dream Factory, Camille projects. There's a scattering of Come Gold Exodus tracks that are just, you know, like scattered around as well that is just, that never re- really found proper homes. 319 though, this one is a hip-shaking jam as well. It doesn't get played as much as it should because I think it'd get equal amount of love if it was uh, played by uh, at the party. I, I do have memories of it being played at the Birmingham party and numerous women, not including me, of course. Of course not. Mm-hmm. Fighting over a chair in the middle so we could dance. <laughs> How did you get your leg to do that? Uh, yeah, exactly. sure. at that point as well. And uh, I did witness that. I'm just glad no cameras did. If I remember right, did you guys do? Uh, did Endorphin do, Machine do this for the Gold Party? Never done 319. No. Oh, it's a shame. It seems like a no-brainer. It's like it's like, it's a simple riff. I, I've got no brain, so. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, if if you want if you want a bunch of Prince fans fighting over a chair at the front of your gig, it's very interesting. I do. Obviously, we're just piddling little people doing our thing and enjoying it and with, with with a few people and so on and so forth it's like you know when you look at the sort of the vastness of trains i always love the fact though that you do tend to get obviously a prince party when somebody hears sort of stuff like now and days are wild it has a, a more of a tectonic effect on what happens on the dance floor we usually have there's usually a bunch you know people who come and see a prince tribute i think a lot of them you know you know what they want to hear but I do love it when you get like a bunch of seven or eight people in the middle waving their hands to take a while or jumping around to now. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's that's the shit right there. But with songs like that, it's the connection because you're always looking at someone else and it's like you're sharing that experience because it's like you know the lyrics, you know the lyrics, and it's more of a, yeah. I'm sure both yeah. Lyra and Chopin, I remember, you know, we've, and we look at each other and we're singing the songs to each other because it's like you're having that moment and that's what I've always liked about the parties, and it's not a shameless plug or anything like that, but it's that connection with the songs. It's like, hey, you know the lyrics too, and you know this song, and it's that. And that's the, you know, the, that's always and the same when you go and see uh, tribute bands like Endorphin Machine. It's that connection of Which, you're, by in the that, way, you're in that wall. Me and Chopin went to see Endorphin Machine recently, and I am going to plug you, Paddy, because it was the greatest it was just Jeez. such a it, i yeah. i i reheard like a lot of prince's arrangements like i re-experienced them and realized how world-class they were when your band was playing them because you do you do really really faithful and detailed arrangements and anyone who gets a chance to go see endorphin machine who's listening to this podcast go see them 
it, yeah, it was absolutely. it was really really magnificent. I, I I really appreciate the fact that they're kind of the the live arrangements from the tours that there's there's just an extra yeah kind of we were talking about like the extra bonus sweeties Prince uh, <laughs> the way Prince would reconfigure songs for live versions and like you do all the bonus sweeties that he put into the tours as well so it's very I remember it's, it's I was very satisfying oh Leah sorry you were there too duh. I'm at most of them. Um, yeah, <laughs> of course, um, though, yeah. I was stood behind you, and literally the opening track, just the opening few chords to Around the World in the Day came on, and I just remember you turning around to us and going, I think I'm going to like this. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I would, that was like that was the next best thing to being at a parade gig. I didn't go to, I, I wasn't, you know, my first gig was Love Sexy, and I was like, you were playing the parade lit tour. Uh, you were playing the licks from the tour, and I was like, oh, good god, no, good god, yes. Uh, let's move on to three nineteen proper, shall we? Because yes, we've quickly. gone, we've gone all over the, we've gone. All over the world. Okay, there. so confession time. One of us here was working at the cinema at the time, and obviously being a massive Prince fan as well, and working a shift and watching Showgirls and Elizabeth Berkeley coming on stage to three nineteen was like, this is amazing, and absolutely loving this track. And you know, it's another, it's another good one. And the other th- fun fact is, with three nineteen, when anyone stays at a hotel. And there's a they stay in room three nineteen. They always share that little picture of their room number three nineteen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It happens all the time on social media or anything. You know, a license plate or uh-huh. a, a room number. Someone always shares the little three nineteen. As if we didn't need little, another Prince related number. No, exactly. You know, you got thirty one twenty, and you know, it's it's that it's that little nudge and nugget of hey i'm staying in 319 I, w- I wonder <laughs> if i wonder if any other artist ever used numbers as much as prints in titles and lyrics well, that's another podcast episode i think i bet they didn't i i mean i just can't imagine they did i mean he's got songs that are just named after numbers he ran out of words he wrote too many songs let's go oh, check yeah. out the numbers i'm sure i've mentioned this on the podcast before it's like yeah if you want to un- unlock any prince fans mobile phone either go through 3121 <laughs> or 1999 it's it's that <laughs> and people are like but now now the prince fans are going to be changing their their, their, their mobile numbers <laughs> just make it secure lee's phone is 777 <laughs> it's funny because it's true <laughs> anyway but no, I love this. I love this track, and I love the association with Showgirls. Yeah. I always, you know, always make jokes of that. Of you know, it's a great movie, and it's got great tracks in it. So, I always yeah. thought this would have gone well with uh, um, "Hide the Bone" as well, which is another kind of this era track that just kind of, oh, like this, like if, if you're ever at a Prince party and "Hide the Bone" comes on, anyone listening, please know that that will be my request. That will have been me. <laughs> <laughs> and Lee is like, remember our conversation at the last party? Um, yeah, yeah. one. It is always me that requests that track. <laughs> well, I'm going to pop the bubble a little bit, but I'm Ooh. also I'm also not going to. Um, at the time, I thought 319 was nothing, and I remember reading in an otherwise fairly good review. One of the things they said was that 319 is just a, a kiss derivative, which there is some truth to it. 
Uh, yes. it's the, it, it has the same um, phrasing, really, and the melody is very similar. Take off your clothes. You don't have to be rich. And yep. the pause, the pauses come in the same place. It's it's kind of a kiss rehash. Thing is, uh, uh, let, let me go. Let me. Uh, uh, what what I said earlier on is that listening to the gold experience again now, I think the race towards the end line is excellent. I think from now onwards, it's really high class. But it's taken me a long time to hear that. And it's, I don't think 319 is very special in its own right. But then again, I don't think it overstays its welcome. I think it fits brilliantly. Mm-hmm. I think the tr- the actual tracking and the general baseline quality is super solid at the end of this album. And it's taken me a long time to realize that. And I do think 319 is derivative of Kiss. But I think if you've written Kiss, you're allowed to be derivative of yourself. And I think that it's not just derivative of Kiss. I think it has a different attack and it's got a different, you know, it's not, I, 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 hear, I hear that criticism. But I think over time, this is a banging little bastard of a thing. Yeah. And then... Uh, and then uh, let, let me ju- let me just bundle these together for a moment. At the time, I thought three nineteen was nothing. I thought shy didn't touch the sides, and I thought Billy Jack bitch was kind of like channeling something, but not getting there. Sacrilege. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. Well, it's okay. I, I've I've seen the light. I've seen the light. Okay. Now I think that three nineteen shy and Billy Jack bitch absolutely just yeah. work together they work yeah. together they they um reflect off each other their foils for each uh, it, it's a lovely bit of tracking and it's going to take us on into the actual end game and i i've fallen in love with this section of the album is what i'm trying to say the guitar the guitar is on shy is just there's so it sounds so minimal but there's so much going on i mean i always but knew it sounds that sh- like a simple song I always knew that Shy was class, and I, it never sounded simple to me, but it sounded actually too fussy and like something that was reaching for something really, really good and not quite getting there. I take it all back. I think it's magnificent. Shy's, Shy's a bit of a, a sleeping giant as a song for me. Yeah, definitely. A sleeper. Exactly. Um, so. There really is something about it. There's, um, there's kind beautiful. of a motif that it does in Shine, which is a little bit like, uh, here comes the sun, George Harrison, with a little sort of end phrase guitar run down. But, but the whole, it's like putting, I don't know, heart, a heartbeat on a track. Yeah, yeah, it's very passe and it's a help. But the, the footsteps at the beginning, it's oh, like, yeah. it, it's so perfectly brilliant. And as I say, yeah, a real sleeper, a real, I, I would say gold nugget, but I'd just get laughed at. Sorry, can I just step in for a second and yeah. say, yes, absolutely a sleeper for me, Paddy. And, but again, because 319 I, I i have fallen in love with recently but it you can you hear this as a but or and 319 i've fallen in love with and it's a quote unquote simple bump and grind but that feeding into shy is beautiful yeah, yeah. and Absolutely, it's beautiful yeah. to just nip it back slightly 319 of the sort of now Pussy Control, perhaps Billy Jack type of jammy bass songs. I think 319 is a little, little bit lighter than those, but the strength of 319 is the context. The synergy that it has with the album as a piece is exactly that, and it, it works for that. And it's a, it's a great little track. It's a great little track. A little bit more edge because it has a bit more guitar. Again, it's quite visual, I think, as well. Like, I kind of imagine, again, if I was making a video for it, you're in the club listening to 319, and then you've got your heels and you're walking out the club. And then... Yeah, it's the, it's the after track, isn't <laughs> yes. it? Yes, yes. Not exactly that. You know, it's like I've just come out of the LA Glam Slam and now I'm driving around contemplating this one person that was standing on a street corner or walking out of the club. It's like, I imagine 
totally that. I'm looking at the track list on Wiki as we speak, and it's three minutes five, and it's perfect. Yeah. It, it, it again, just really good album making. It just sit. It 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 does something really special in the album and takes you on to into shy without overstaying its welcome. It doesn't try to be bigger than it is. I really like that. Did we get any or many live performances, Chauvin? Three nineteen was you had glance of shy. That I know of, uh, there's rehe- I think there's uh, like some Paisley Park, like Love One and Love You. The only one I can think of is just a rehearsal for the Canal Plus, and that was the band going through it. It's the only one I can really remember. Um, just kind of back to three nineteen for a second. There's apparently, <laughs> according to uh, according to Cat, that that was actually a re-record. Uh, it was a re-record of a Batman era song. Oh, I can hear I that. Actually, that. yeah, I can yeah. hear that. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, the song that it, the, for me the song that it kind of uh, I would have compared it to is not really um, Kiss, although I can absolutely hear that. Yeah, yeah. Is like Peach or Baby Nose. Is Baby Nose, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Baby Nose, like you know that kind of like single and, and guitar is that kind of kind of just like grinding kind Sexy of power strip chord. Of yeah, mm. but shy. I think. Uh. I think it's a much more successful of what Walk Don't Walk tried to do. Yeah. Um, or, not that you... I, I love Walk Don't Walk, don't get me wrong, but I think it's a much more sophisticated version of what that was. Yeah, I agree. I also think that it's like the um, sister song to Count the Days. Yeah. Just in, yeah. Ty- just in kind of subject matter vibe and, yeah, just kind of an airy prettiness to it, but, but it's actually about something quite dark. This is the best of the bunch for me by far. I mean, in, mm. in the, out of those songs, Shy is Sleeping Giant. I couldn't put mm. it more perfectly. I think it's just world-class songwriting and yeah, play and performance, actually. Cool dark skin in hot virgin white. It's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. I really love that little high bit where it goes, top of the page he wrote. And like, yes. and then it, yeah, it's just It's just such a little kind of... You know, and it just and seems pop, like pop. this is, but this is also like um, Prince channeling like really great sort of um, the white American songbook as well. And there's kind of like Joni Mitchell in there somehow. Mm-hmm. There's um, some, there's like Fleetwood Mac. There's country in there, and it's yeah. just, it's just like it's a, it's a side that uh, yet yet another side that he excelled at when he wanted to really. And the fact that you. have those those like kind of feathery guitars at the end, just quite quite like Count the Days. And in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the same guitar that he recorded both of them on, that Epiphone that he had. It's just had the lovely kind of flourishy sound, the way he played it. Um, and then to go from that into Billy Jack Bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Which is like, I mean, heavy, hard. It's just a, a huge wall of nasty. Village yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. I did like it at the time, but I wasn't convinced by it. But now, again, I've come round, and I think again, shy. Sorry, three nineteen shy Billy Jack bitch is a real great sandwich of something. It's just it always reminded me of like the colours of Dirty Mind Head or something, just flickering mm. red and black. And then it's also got a bit of Billy Jean in it, just in feel. You know, not just the the pun of the name Billy, but. It's just got that smooth attack and pullback and pump to it. And I, I, one day, I hope 
the, the full length version of Billy Jack Bitch comes out because there's that extended horn stuff that's basically it was a horn head there was a hornheads album and one of the songs was a song called New Del Inn. And that's basically if you listen to it, it's basically just the horn section from Billy Jack Bitch. And some of the horns in there is just that ended up getting cut out of this version. It's just amazing. Some of the little details like the Billy, 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 Billy. Oh, this nasty keyboards, nasty. great horns, banging bass. It's that. It's it's the vocal line, the answering vocal line. Yeah. So you've yeah. got that 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 da 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 na 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 na. It, it, yeah, it yeah. just sits together in a little. Oh, it's amazing. So many hooks. I forgot about that one. Yeah, <laughs> too many hooks. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is this is proper Prince because it's got the nasty, but it's also painful. And Prince, you know, it's angry, painful, and nasty, and pumping. This one definitely, when I hear it right, which I do hear it right a lot of the time now, it just th- this is Prince being throwing a tantrum in four four time. I love it. And that horn section where it goes, it's quite a complex um quite a complex horn run is that not in oh. terms of sort of being sort of octane loads of notes yeah. per second but it's it's quite is it chromatic is that the, is that the word or have i uh i wouldn't say it's uh, i don't think the chromatic runs no it oh, just okay. it's, it's lots of little sections of different things it's, it's somebody sat and thought about all right, let's do something really interesting here. Yeah, love it. And again, it's it's similar to adding horns on. Oh, now it's like who who else would put brass in this way? On yeah, that that you know when you're onto something when you're saying well who else and the answer is always no one because that's print. It's, <laughs> it's, there was there was there wasn't an else. There was no else. Yeah. And that's 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 why his album. And the right? power, the power of a good turnaround, the power of a good anchor in a song. Um, yeah, the drum. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And to end it with Morris Hayes just going, "I'm so tired, motherfucker." Yeah, no, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, Billy Jack Bix. And of course, that that performance he did where he popped up out of the bag in the splits with that cool. That was the nearest I've got to like my my sort of oh man if Prince just had a goth phase my life would be complete. <laughs> and, and does but anyone does anyone does Batman count? <laughs> yeah, yeah, almost. Well, that's his Gotham Gotham phase. Um, yeah, he's Gotham. Does uh, does anyone here believe that it's not about Cynthia Johnson? I think it was confirmed, wasn't it? Well, I think Prince said to, told her point blank that it wasn't when she asked him, but I don't believe that for a second. Yeah. You know what? If I called you silly names, and you know, it, 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 it's it's CJ Billy Jack Fiction. He he told her no, but yeah, that that's then a little also, that's yeah, a little pissed off. Right. But from her point of view, it was like the first time she met him was, it was she, he went oh oh I thought you were an old girlfriend, but you're not. And then it's just like she was like the penny dropped. It it was about me completely. <laughs> or something. It's about it's about her. This is a little it's, bit of pissed off purple, and I like it. Yeah. Try and square that with um, pussy it's control, and you've got no hope. <laughs> <laughs> Prince, you naughty boy. Um, I hate yeah. you. I don't hate Prince. I hate you. As the next track we come to. 
this was like the kind of the first single that was sold as part of the gold experience run up because the most beautiful god in the world was kind of like released as kind of standalone. So this is the first time you start to see ex you know like gold experience album graphics kind of repeated in the singles. I remember having the single and then I remember it's, you know well um you've just accessed the hate experience you know like do you wish to continue your experience? very well i thought that was a really nice one it's like do you really want to do this like it's a nice little kind of hesitancy as to kind of whether this is in that push and pull like he's gonna do this kind of i love you i hate you and then even the kind of, even the mpg introduction is kind of mirroring that like kind of has a kind of character to it but isn't this the one that's about carmen electra uh apparently he told her that's what she said so Piss off Prince, he'll write a song about you. Oh, of course. Like, right? I, I think, um, like, I, I was never like, oh no, it's so scary. Maybe I don't want to listen to it because it will be too dark. I always thought that was a little bit silly, personally. Like, um, it's it's not going to be so powerful and unpalatable. <laughs> that, and, like, no. and even if it was, of course I'm going to listen to it. It's a new Prince song. Yeah. Like, imagine, can you imagine there's a fan out there who was like, I'm glad they put a trigger warning. I will ask, I'll hit skip on this. Who to this day hasn't listened to I Hate You. Wait I don't minute. think Prince is ahead of his time. He's the first one to do a trigger warning. <laughs> well, I think probably true. you'd you'd probably look back to 1950s B movies where they go, Oh, yeah. you don't come and see this movie, it's too yeah. scary. <laughs> so uh we we can't we can't he didn't invent everything, but almost everything. I'm somewhat on the fence with this track. What? Yeah. Really? I'm indifferent about I hate you, are you, are you saying? I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I just, it doesn't quite fulfill what I want it to for me. I love the narrative, you know, how it switches at the end to I hate you because I love you. And I think that's all very, you know, when it when the penny drops, you're like, oh, I get it. Um, but I just wanted it to be a little bit angrier. There's there's a grit that runs through the whole album and when he's talking about hate and you know this passion that comes with loving and hating someone at the same time I just wanted it to be a little less sugar-coated which it just was for me I just wanted it to be slightly less produced a little more raw and it would have conveyed the emotional side of the song a little bit better for me personally i don't dislike the song but i just wish that it just gave me that raw edginess that other tracks on the album do i think i agree with you and yet i love this goddamn song mm -hmm. it's so good i but i do i i, I that's the, that's always been the missing element for me as well leah you've definitely crystallized that that's true and yet it still wins for me because it's such a, the strings are such expensive arrangement. They're really nice. Mm. The performance vocally is beautiful. The whole arrangement is great without having that extra thing you want, I guess. But what really puts it over the top for me, it's a classic set piece. It's the court scene. Yeah. Uh, love it. it. It's it's like it's that uh -huh. good. That's the bit where you just go, mm. oh, this is the end of international lover when we're on the aeroplane. This is this. It's a set piece within a song, and he's done that a few times. I can only think of international lover now, but there are others. Uh, adore, uh, yeah, you know, kind smash of smash up my ride. Yeah, but going on the lines of uh, Leah's little 
what would you do for a music video? I'd love to tie this up now to Amber Heard and Johnny Depp in court. I think it would. I, I think I could actually edit. I don't the think footage. there's any love there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, oh, court scene. Obviously, for the video, they kind of did the court scene thing as well. But I just remember his pink trousers and this kind of foggy effect on the camera. Again, the video was just that sugar coated again. So it never came out at the time. I want more where the grit didn't come in the song. Give it me in the video and it didn't deliver that. I I think the grit is in the court scene. The court scene is the, it's the cab ride in Lady Cab Driver. It's the airline trip in International Lover. It's talking to God at the end of Temptation. Mm. It's, it's, it's like a written movie that's been added to a song. Live for love in the plane. Yeah, definitely. A fighter pilot. Yeah, I lo- I love that. I love the bit in the court scene where it's do you have to tell the whole truth? I'm not the hand. Like that's that's where I think he sells the lyrics because because it starts off with this really gentle, mournful, yeah, yeah. wilting lyrics. Um, sorry, melody like da 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 da, and it's just like. And the guitar solo at the own uh, at the end as well, I think, is. Uh, I I started off going. I kind of uh, am with Leah on the on the fence that you know sometimes like the most beautiful girl in the world. I kind of just listen through, and then sometimes it's just like, oh, actually, this isn't. This doesn't just come between two stonking great tracks. It is a great track of its own. If it wasn't, it would have sank between Gold and Billy Jack Bitch. It is a great track. It's just. Just want that bit more from it. Do you know what I think? That I think it, I think the courtroom scene does give it the bite. It edges on it for me, but not quite. Yeah, I, I know you want. I, I do know. I, I'm I'm half agreeing with you. I, I like the song that much. I th- I think that the courtroom scene is so so well thought out, and and it goes all the way. Or it's the end of the beautiful ones again. It's a piece. It's a thing. I mean, it's not as big as the end of the beautiful ones. Nothing is, but. It's a it's a set piece. I love it. We're running against the clock here, so I'm going to move us on to the final song, uh, "Gold." Uh, I'm going to start with Paddy on this one. What do you reckon? Well, for a start, glad you didn't ask me about "I Hate You," so you'll probably get where I'm coming from with that. Um, <laughs> so, um, "Gold." Gold transcends its own cheesiness for me. It's incredibly cheesy, but it. It builds and crescendos into something which is very, very good indeed. Um, I often, it's in the same key as Purple Rain, and there does feel a little bit of a Force Awakens about it. (laughs) Lee will get that. Uh, (laughs) Just a little bit of the Force Awakens about it. Great great track. Uh, Grew on me over time. It's the right right track in the right place at the right time. The context of the album, that's a bit of a no-brainer. And a great live track as well. A great live track. Yeah, uh, fantastic track. What could I say? It, as I say, it does feel what was alluded to in The Force Awakens. It, it does feel a little bit like a possibly. I've never got a purple rain here. Slightly yeah, different mm-hmm. bunch of sounds. It's definitely a shot of yeah, purple yeah. rain, but I don't yeah. think it reaches it. Oh, God, no. no I no, actually no. prefer this to purple rain. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. 
this this and this is the last episode of the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, it's not on her own actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair dues, fair dues. I, yeah, I prefer this to Purple Rain. Every time I went to go and see Prince live, I had a little list of songs that I wanted to hear him do. And this was like a rational one. Like I wouldn't go, I want to hear him do yeah. Wally Nikki because I knew that wasn't going to happen. So I had a yeah. little rational list of songs and Gold was always on them. And I knew it was the song that was in his set at the time. Um, but I never got to see it. Never happened, um, unfortunately. But at the start of every gig, I was like, I really hope tonight that he switches Purple Rain for Gold. Um, and it never happened, but I absolutely adore that song. The build up, like the vocal loops, like at the end, na 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 na, all of that. Oh, it's just luscious. And the end before the fade out of all the vocals, that could just go on for forever, and I would be perfectly happy. And then you got underneath that, the all that glitters and gold. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, it's so beautiful. Uh, I wish I'd seen this live as well. I'd also, I also uh, like if we're doing wish lists, is I wish he'd put "I Hate You" in the piano set as well. Yeah, I think that would have done. I, I think that would have been a great one to add into like the piano set as well. But "Gold" is just such a glossy, beautiful track. Um, Andy, uh, um, I th- I'm really with Paddy on this. I think it's contrived. I think he's wanting to hit a bullseye and he's trying hard to do a purple rain redux for sure um there's it's even about a color but i think it transcends itself too i think basically he earns the right to end with this song because of what's gone before yeah, and definitely. i think it mm-hmm. uh, uh, to me like just looking again at that uh, that right race to the end 319 shy billy jack bitch i hate you gold it sits there Real goddamn nice. It's the light final cap on this decanter. It's it, I, I like I like it because it works. And, mm. and I and sorry, I do love that it's become like again. It's 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 one of the songs that's become like quite a big favorite of the general music listening public who might not be that into Prince. This is one mm. that crossed over. So like yeah, he went for a bullseye, and I'd say he got the outer circle. You know. I think if this had been released just after The Most Beautiful Girl in the World, like, if it had been like a... I think it would have probably been another bullseye as well. It was just it was too disparate and too much kind of stuff about the name change had kind of gone before it. I think it's it's one for the people and they've they've embraced yeah. it and I like that. I agree with you. It is. I think it is exactly what he's trying to... I think even in interviews he alluded to, I've got this new song as a replacement for Purple Rain and it's yeah. called Gold. You know, like he's literally just saying it. It's like, yeah, I wrote a new one. Contrived as it may be, the detail in this, in the mix of this is just sublime. There is just overloaded with hooks. There is just so many little yeah, things, yeah. like from dun, 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 dun. You know, no, like, you're right, you're right. Uh, there's just so many... The, it has a sailing guitar solo, little, and then it ends with this squealing. What you're now an official part of the new power generation, to which to me at the time, at the end of all of this searching, these little bits, welcome to the dawn and stuff like that, to then at the very end of it, get this kind of you're now an official mo- member of the nice, new power yeah. generation, welcome to the dawn. That's how I, that's why I think it ends with the release of the album, the era, and it was just like. This is such a 
back to front way of doing things, but it was so good and it made me feel so much more involved than a usual. Album comes out, love it till it runs out of steam and you want a, a, the singles run out of steam and then kind of want the ne- then want the next album. This was like, just search. Uh, what's this? Uh, 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 and have growing anticipation till the album comes out, it finishes, and then that little message at the end, that done me in. That done me in. It is. It's kind of like that international lover moment of welcome to satisfaction. Yeah, exactly. If I took, if I took mood enhancing drugs which i don't i bet gold would sound really good <laughs> i bet it would be really good on X- poster. i bet it would be really goddamn good on mdma or something i think you'd probably just die of a, a grin that stretched from here to you know yeah, like russia it's, or it's something an oh dear god i love it it's one of my favorites um oh, and it is like nice. a video game achievement because obviously yeah. <laughs> over the, o- over the years it's like may you live to see the dawn and then all of a sudden it's like welcome to the dawn it's like yeah i've made it it's exactly that now, now what fish fish <laughs> fingers exactly for supper that. yeah it's <laughs> it's you 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 finally made it and you're part of the mpg and it was you know it is the and i remember getting it a lot of getting a lot of mainstream i was running a another little insight to Lee's life. I was running a radio show at my college and I was all obviously pushing the Prince tracks. And on our last radio broadcast, everyone came in and was asking for gold. And we ended up finishing the radio show with gold. And it was so good. It was a very bookend moment, uh, moment for me. And it got a lot of mainstream. I remember a lot of non-Prince fans at my college wanting me to, you know, do a copy of the track for them and stuff like that. So it has a lot of good memories for me back in 95 96 95 yeah so i, I love it I, I think it's great it is it isn't it isn't purple rain but it's 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 a track and for the parties as well it's always one that dre mm-hmm. or dj's finished the finish the parties with it's the the feel good end of the day kind of thing that's the thing i think uh, um purple rain entered the kind of a teary teary kind of unifier whereas this ends up with a smiley unifier and and that's what it's like an orgasm yeah yeah pretty much you get that builder with the guitar solo and then just this really satisfying ending it's great so that's what you call it a guitar solo I don't smoke, but I want to light up after this album it's like Phew. yeah that was that was a year and a bit. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> obviously you know Ooh, we but, worked on that one. But majority of the parties at the end of the night, it's not Purple Rain that gets played; it's Gold. Yeah, but that's because we've yeah. we've all heard Purple Rain one zillion times. times. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, exactly. Okay, so so Purple. It's interesting though because you know this was an attempt at Purple Rain two or whatever, and um, Purple Rain is actually sort of mystical and deep, and it it confounds genres, whereas you can hear the stitching in this. I like how he leans mm. into the gospel, there's a mountain. That's gospel, right? Yeah. But you, you, can, you can hear the artifice, and that's fine, because it's a great song. Yeah. But Purple Rain blends country and gospel and rock without yeah. you knowing how. You don't know you. how. This is more crafted from a guy who's further on with more knowledge and a greater palette. Yeah, Purple Rain still has, like you said, mystical. It had a touch of the personal. It was, it was yeah. something that was pulled from an amorphous cloud. Was Purple Rain? Purple Rain is a is a is a um a career defining sort yeah. of in, inspired hit shot. To be clear, I really like this song. I mean, yeah, don't me get too. me wrong. Um, yeah. The stuff 
you know, all the stuff at the end is absolutely spot on, beautiful, um, lovely orchestration, hits every, you know, hits all the right buttons. Well, it certainly seems to have done with Leah. <laughs> and, and, and sorry, Leah, I actually have seen this live and there was glitter guns and... Yeah, I've uh, seen this live because uh, it all rained. I've seen this live twice. Yeah, it, all rains. It all the, rains yeah, gold yeah. and they got these big two guns at the thing. You and... guys don't deserve it. Yeah, you guys go listen to Purple Rain yeah. and I'll sorry. take your gold memory. Gold. The, the thing is, it, it sat, even if you don't have, see glitter guns, it sounds like glitter guns. True, at the end of true the story. If I, could, if I could walk to it now and find it within two minutes, I would. But I've actually got some of those gold glitter in it. In a box downstairs. Absolutely honest to God, I I pick some up. They're actually in a little box, but I have no idea where it is. So, so, do you know what? As well, I have um a memory of being at one of the London Prince parties and being in charge of the gold glitter cannons for your set. Boom. <laughs> or gold. That's for the and gold I was party, I completely Boom. forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> Who's in charge of the gun? <laughs> The person having a good time. So shall we? Uh, <laughs> shall we do uh, closing comments then? Because I think we're pushing it for Chopin here. Well, I just, I just say an honourable mention to Rock and Roll is Alive as the B side of Gold because oh, uh, yeah. that was a, because that's a song that's a song that linked Exodus and Gold. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. Act. It was a response to Lenny Kravitz's Rock and Rock Roll, and Roll is, is Dead, dead uh, from the Circus album. And the intro is the end of the live arrangement for Get Wild. So it's kind of like a little bit of Exodus, a little bit of gold. So it just kind of wraps up the era nicely. Um, but yeah, wrap up. Um, I'm going to start with uh, Andy. One of the... Gr- I, 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 I'm, really, I'm really happy to finally be a proper fan of the gold experience. I wasn't a proper, proper fan of the Gold Experience till the last week and a half, two weeks. And I'm there now and I'm really, really happy to finally be welcome to the dawn. So thank you, Prince. Uh, thank you, MPG. Thank you, you guys. I um, I found it very interesting how many, how many songs we've mentioned in the course of today's podcast. Because, uh, you know... This was such a fecund era and just we, we haven't had to reach to you, you can't talk about this album almost without talking about all the songs around it as well. And it's just really opened it up for me again. So uh, big fan of the whole thing, <laughs> despite my despite my moaning. Paddy? Um, yeah, one of the two huge powerhouse albums of the 90s. I think this one is more Prince looking inwards, with the exception of perhaps Gold, the song. This is more Prince looking inwards, which I think when I hear my favourite things from him, um, whereas I think Diamonds and Pearls was Prince looking outwards a little bit more and thinking of record companies and all that kind of thing. Again, pound for pound, possibly edges this album for me, but there is still that aspect of sort of pure... Any album that has like Dolphin on it, and the, the weirdness, it, it, you know, in a strange way, I could put Dolphin in my head on parade. I hear Wendy and Lisa, and that was, that was bad, bad. Mm. Fantastic album. I think a bit more of an inward looking album, personal work. It takes a lot of, a lot of the aspects on it are things which are uniquely Prince from the well of Prince specifically. Um, and yeah, love this album and always will. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Leah? 
I'm just so happy to have talked about this album because it's so rare that when you get Prince fans all the time ask you, what's your favourite Prince album? My response is always the gold experience. And it's so rare to get people who appreciate it quite as much as as I do. I absolutely love it. Um, it's been so good to talk about it. It's my birthday as well, well tomorrow. So it's been very happy nice birthday, to talk Leah. about. Happy birthday, Leah. Happy birthday, Leah. Um, what are you, tw- so 12 now? Really 13? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get arrested. No, not to miss the actual tours that I did get to see. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, like you say, Dolphin. Just There's not a track on it that is a disappointment. There's only I Hate You that I wish I'd have got just a little bit more from, personally, and the artwork of the cover album. I just wanted something else. It would have been nice to actually get gold on the gold album you know if it had been foiled or something like that I think it could have been significantly more impressive and significantly more successful um but I absolutely adore the album Lee oh everyone knows I love this album uh it's an incredibly important part of my life relationships time job work career uh first Prince concert crushing on Marte everything just it's it's there's a lot it there's a lot of what I am now because of the album and, you know, the, the music videos, the timing, the technology, the chasing it down, the bootlegs. There's just lots and lots and lots of positive, fond memories of driving in the car, playing Pussy Control out of the window. It's, yeah, it's one of my top three. So I love it. What can I say about this album? Uh, this is... For me, it's it's more than just an album. It's kind of like a fantasy world in a way. It's such an immersive thing. Uh, it, it's it's to just be to, to just call it an album is kind of uh, it's an under understatement because there's too many movies, beautiful experience and love for one another that kind of really bolster what this is as well that we haven't even kind of really gone into. It's a stellar collection of songs that is missing a stellar collection of songs. Um, and I don't know how Prince got to this point uh, with how you make Exodus come gold and still have all of these songs left over. It just must have been a difficult thing. Like, with the backdrop of what was going on at the time, I think he didn't, you know, it's almost like he didn't know what was going on the record till it got on till it got on there until it got pressed because you know he had too much too many options there was just too much good stuff and it was i felt like chasing the whole era was like being part of the decisive this deciding process and and i think that was a really interesting key to who prince is as much as the actual work itself so um uh, of course you're going to be uh, you know a mercurial character if you've kind of got all of this to rely on but when when all is said and done the album that kind of came out of it sums up that era it's got that magic it's got that wonder it's got that window into another experience kind of on it it's a collection of great songs and they sound brilliant and finally please this is going to be i mean this is going to be the deluxe box set that really blows my mind because I can't even fathom how you're going to do this in 10 vinyls. 
this is going to be the 10, 15, 20 vinyls. And and to be quite honest, I don't know how you're going to do it in one Blu-ray, but this is this is just a magic album, just on its own. Please stay. It's my birthday. <laughs> yeah, can you release it tomorrow? Because I'm gagging for this. Guys, it has been magical. And I don't say that word like lightly. You know, it's... It's been gold. It's, it's been gold. It's, this is such a wonderful album, and it's... It, joys me to get see it given so much love because it's just one of my favorites if not my favorite it's always in my top three rotating three but the other two are basically the same album i don't separate them come gold exodus i don't separate them they're part of the same process the same year um and if anyone wants me i'm going to prince charles cinema to watch show goes with uh tommy barbarella yay <laughs> uh guys it's been fantastic uh, thank you all for listening and thank you all for taking part. Uh, Thanks, folks. Thanks, folks. Bye. 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 Bye.